there it goes. Everybody, watch out and look up. It's Keep Up with Sylvan Sane. Welcome to the show. I'm here with the rest of the Keep Up crew. Let's get some motherfucking shout-outs. That was legitness. It's time for some motherfucking shout-outs. Marquise! Like <laughs> our man? story, Project Help, Big Noop, in the house. Awesome. In the house. Give us your shout-out, please. Oh, man. Uh, my guy, uh, Black Willy Wonka. That's what I call him. Uh, I hope you're going to run with that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my guy KC, man, he runs uh, It's a Bodega, um, ITS underscore A underscore Bodega. That's a lot, but nice. it stands for International Treats and Sweets. So that's mm, what it stands delicious. for. Uh, he's got everything from, like, seaweed chips to fucking Budio cereals. Bob Ross has a cereal. He's everything, every drink. Bob every, Ross has a cereal. Bob Ross has a cereal. Black what, are like che- what are you, like, chewing on marshmallow trees? Like, what yeah, the man, you have to. You got to whisper while you're eating it. So, uh, whisper while you're eating it. <laughs> uh, yeah, brush man. Brush the spoon. Brush the yeah. spoon. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, man, he started up. He's got, he's got a shop now in Denver, uh, but it's uh, all online as well. And um, I mean, so every kind of stuff that you just crazy from different countries all the way, every continent. I think mine is Africa, but he's trying to tap into that. So oh, uh, you realize how great other stuff is once you get outside, especially chocolate. Like European chocolate is fucking amazing. Like, oh, hands down, so hands down. I've been to Europe. Else. Even uh, the yeah, part last of, year, man, we, we went to London. Yeah, we went to Carnival my first time. So uh, amazing. Yeah. Oh, I saw that story. Carnival was happening in London at the time. Yeah, man, London has a huge. Not last year. I'm sorry. Uh, pre-COVID, so year before that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I didn't know that's what that was for. I didn't know that was their own carnival. They have a huge, huge Caribbean part. Man, there was over a million people. Oh, there. that I knew. That um, I knew. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's Notting Hill Carnival. Um, Ooh. Wow. Was uh was Hugh Grant in his carnival outfit? Was he <laughs> no, no, I didn't see you. <laughs> you know who was out there though that I was uh I was looking for but I didn't see her was uh Sunday from Game of Thrones. Miss Sunday. Miss Sunday, I love her. She's so hot. She is I'm oh, nice. But then a million people finding her literally the deep. Of course. Of course. Was yeah. she in her gown? Was she in her uh, was, attire? Yeah. Oh my god, she was in carnival attire? Uh not all the way that crazy, but she yeah. was definitely like Oh, not like Riri, not like our girl like, yeah, yeah, like, like the Riri, goddess yeah. the goddess Riri. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nah, nah, nah. We can't nah. have it all. We can't have it no. all. <laughs> that was like more like I'm a Sunday. I'm a Saturday yeah. actually. <laughs> sort of like, <laughs> like, but, but anyway, yeah, man, move. shout out to Bodega man with the candy yes. and yeah, it's amazing. So uh, he's doing real well, man. Proud of man. So he's got a lot of, he's in Denver, so perfect because he smokes, so it's like the great yeah, place to be if you yeah. sell candy. Yes. And you got weed smokers, and the combination has just been great for him. International, international. Uh, how does he, I mean, he doesn't get in a funky way. Like, I can't, I can ask that question, right? Like, how does he, like, you know, procure them? Yeah, man. Uh, originally, when we first started, we were just making so many connections with people that we knew in these countries. And so, or, you know, military-related connected. So a lot of our homeboys oh, were that's right, that's right. based in England or based in Germany. So we would get, we get packs that way. So uh, now he does the wholesale buyers, or he goes straight directly to the stores, but still has some connects overseas, but he's just constantly, like, people look for shoes all the time, and yeah. he's just constantly on the search for candies now. Is that, like, a side hustle for him, or has that become a uh, big he quit his, he quit his That job, is awesome. Man. I was about to say, it, pre- it, like, blew up. It's, like, very awesome, that page. It's huge now, man. He's, he's finally, uh, when we got, when we talked about the idea last year, I was like, bro, you're literally quitting your job for this shit. Like, you're, you're, you're fucking crazy. Like, I'm still working to just pay for my passion. It's like, yeah. He was like, and he's big in fashion. He's, he was working at a big time Nike boutique store in Denver. And he's like, man, I love it here, but I'm gonna quit, man. I think this is it. And 
That is so dope. It, it paid off for him, man. So it's uh, he's got some big time like influencers now that he got. He has these bodega boxes where he puts all these variety of shits in there, and so influencers are now, you know, getting hot Japanese hot Cheeto Doritos or you know just create Dorito crackers and like no oh shell. Well, after this, I'm going to be uh, hitting up for an influencer, <laughs> a barter system with your man bodega. Yeah. Uh, when I went to Europe, even the Fanta has like little bits of, uh, fruit juice in it and stuff like that. So I totally am with you on that. European candy and Europe and international candy by far. I've even had African candy. I've had candy from a bunch of places, Filipina, the Philippines, wow, Filipino, Philippines. So I am so with you on that. I don't really eat that much candy lately, but I would definitely eat something from outside the United States for sure. Everything, man. And it still tastes, you know, just like it came from over there, man. So just like it came from over there. Mm, it tastes like Sweden. What the fuck happened? Alright. Here we are back with uh more recounting. Counting more than we can count. If you have friends that count, they don't count. <laughs> <laughs> and technically, uh, yeah, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Uh, lots of recounts. Uh, he is like pretty much. I'm. I'm pretty sure. Like, I'm not even up to date anymore. He is like 0 for 26 in the courts now. Yeah, Each yeah. week, he's uh, added on to that. Uh, Michigan. He had a recount. Then he had the canvassers go back and forth. Two Democrats, two Republicans. Two of the uh, two of the Republican ones were on the fence. Then they voted, and then they did an affidavit, tried to have it inserted. Rudy Giuliani started sweating out hair dye. Sweating out, man. This is the sequel after the landscaping. Yeah. Chris Christie just fucking played uh, Trump saying that he was uh, that he's embarrassing himself. Mitt Romney, of course, he said that. Liz Cheney. Just- Mitt Romney's a Democrat on the cool. I know, right? I know. I try to tell people that. I try to tell people that that yeah. Biden's actually a Republican. And you're right. I think Romney's that. Because Romney care. Romney care was so switch. Romney care. <laughs> exactly. And then he's got his polygamy going on in Utah. Like, come on, man. He's such a yeah. liberal. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> he's liberal with the condoms. With the yeah, condoms. He's a true liberal, man. Yeah, hi from us, Smith. We know you. <laughs> <laughs> he got certified in Philadelphia, and that's where a lot of the well, – Pennsylvania, that's where a lot of the uh, lawsuits are coming through, too. Trump tried to bribe with McDonald's, I guess, again, the uh, the attorney general, the secretary of state in uh, Michigan, I believe. Then he lost twice in Georgia with the recount. He's about to get another one. He's about to get a, a, a machine recount. Please, Marquise, I'm talking too much. This is Black R Story. This is Marquise. This is Big New. This is Project Help and Help Us Guide Through This Political Shitstorm. Um, first of all, I want to commend Georgia for counting by hand. I don't know who the hell <laughs> counts, uh, all those votes by hand. I hope they got paid, uh, very well during this time. Um, but the most, if the most thing I love the most is when they show like all the old, um, I don't, I think old people don't realize how fast the internet moves and like how fast somebody will pull up a clip of some shit you said from like 10 years ago. <laughs> and so like looking at all the footage from like the 2016, uh, election that who when, since when does the news call who won and since when did these and like I'm like but the 2016 election it was all like hey we called it fair square fair square you know and I, Hillary's a sore loser Al Gore's a sore loser 
<laughs> so between that and between the um, the Trump supporters on this side of the fence saying stop the vote, stop the count, and then the other ones on this side of the fence saying keep counting, <laughs> don't stop the count. Uh, it's been quite the shit show, as expected, man. I, I I will say the one thing I'm not gonna miss gonna miss about it is the comedy of 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 the dangerous comedy, but the comedy of these past four years, like every single day, was something. Now it's just going to go back to the important politics. Yeah. I'm going to miss the 3 a.m. Uh, tweets. That's what I'm going to miss. The 3 a.m. tweet storms <laughs> that I get to wake up to. That's what I'm going to miss the most. The barrage, man. We're not, it's, it's going back to just civility and, like, niceness and and just normal again. It's that that The new, new, new normal is going to be the old normal. It's not right. going to be cool anymore. <laughs> Trump's got Jack Dorsey from Twitter looking like David Caruso. <laughs> like, Jack Dorsey... Or, like, he was like, fuck the results. I am taking off your opponent's moniker on January 20th right away. Right away. He thinks that he can yeah. beat Jack Dorsey, and then Jack Dorsey's going to have sympathy for him? Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. And Ted Cruz, I, I hate Ted Cruz. Oh, Ed, Ed, Eddie Munster? Eddie Munster, Mr. Is that what you got? <laughs> right? If he was in that movie Crash with Tony Newton, how come you didn't stick up for me? What was that to, to, to tear it out? How come you didn't stick up for me with Trump? <laughs> that police officer was a bad day. That poli- no, no. <laughs> That's what it should uh, happen. That's what it should happen at the cruise home, the Canadian, the Cuban cruise home. Yeah, Texan. Yeah, all of the above. What I what I don't get is why um why Biden's asking for money. And I hate I hate political parties. I hate he's in debt. But I uh, yeah yeah I had That's to go myself. They're yeah, I go, in debt. It, well, even then I'm like man. Like and he was like, but he was blaming it on the transition or the lack thereof. So he's they like, because hey. they budget <laughs> right until November third, November fourth, pretty much. He didn't expect. I mean, we did. We went through the debates, and they did say they were like, that's why they asked like fifty million times, "Will you concede? Yeah, will there be a peaceful?" And you thought that they were like being silly, but they weren't. They actually knew he was going to do that. Like we, we all knew he was going to do that. But Biden, yeah, he probably knew too, but he didn't budget for it. He didn't say to himself, damn, now I got to pay for this transition. Now I got to go sell some Girl Scout cookies, run a lemonade stand yeah. in front of Trump Tower. I don't know. And the, and the wild shit is, I'm like, man, you're asking people for money during COVID. Like, you're asking, you're asking people for money so you can transition, which nobody, I'm like, I, I've never seen since I've been paying attention to politics. Somebody like, hey, man, I know I just won, but I need like about 100 more bucks to get in here. I need, can you help me move in? Like, I've never seen that. I mean, could you help me move in? <laughs> and so, and that's how it sounds. And I'm like, yeah, you only gave me $1,200 a couple months ago. Now you need more money? Like, I just looked you up. Like, you're still asking for more? And so it just looked, the optics looks, like, it, it didn't make sense. I'm like, well, I don't, I don't get it. I have some friends that received, and I don't know what, I don't know who his marketing team is, because he always sends it to, like, even to me, I've gotten letters from Trump, I've gotten I've gotten all types of Facebook shit from him, even calls. Not recently, I, like, would try to, I, I was, like, really harassing the people that, that did that. It's like, fuck off, not voting for him. But, um, yeah, no, he, uh, so in one of the literatures for uh, the reason why to send money to Trump, this administration, in the fine print, it was saying 60% of it was going to go towards his uh, his debt for his campaign. It said that in the fine print. And mm-hmm. we've gone over this on the show before. That was like a big reason why Bernie got screwed in the DNC because Hillary, in an unprecedented move. So let's go back even further. Mm-hmm. All presidents have debt from the campaign. 
Mm-hmm. Millions of dollars, Citizen United, all that bullshit. Unlimited spending. But even when they're asking for money in the month of November, it still doesn't cover everything. So there's still a massive, massive amount of debt. So let's fast forward to Obama. I believe he had... I believe he had over damn I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna like lie and tell you exactly how much debt he had, but it definitely was a lot. So but traditionally they get to pay it off year by year, just like us, like loans and blah blah blah, interest rate. Hillary in an unprecedented move was was very um very impatient. So she said, Fuck this, I'm gonna pay all the debt. I'm gonna pay all of Obama's debt mad early. And she did. She wiped out all the debt mad early. But she did an exchange with Debbie Wasserman, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz was like, hey, you can kind of pseudo-run the DNC just because you bought it pretty much. And that's what happened. That's why she had so much yielding power. While, and I voted for Hillary. Don't, like, like, let's not like – I'm not going to try to like act like I'm so but – I, but I was voting for Bernie essentially because like he got screwed. And I should have fought even more. I should have fought harder but like Susan Sarandon and all those guys – but I didn't. I didn't. I was just like, what am I going to do? I don't want Trump. You know what I'm saying? And that's pretty much what I did now. Like, it was basically Hillary again in, Trump, in Biden. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. So that's like a very traditional thing, like the debt. So even with Biden asking for that transition money, that makes sense to me, at least. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I get it. And, that, and I appreciate you for clearing that up. And, but at its base level, and, and I'm like, this is, this is a rich person asking me to pay your debt. <laughs> Word. <laughs> I, don't have any I, have, I don't have any sympathy for you, bro. Like if, if like America told me that I'm supposed to save money for like four months every emergency, I need y'all to do the same thing. If that's how capitalism works, I need companies to do. You shouldn't be getting bailed out. You, you tell me to save as a regular American. Hey, I need you fuckers to do the same. Save yeah. your money. And you can attest. I go bankrupt. Hey, if I run for San Antonio City. That would be dope. That would be dope. That would actually make a lot of sense. That would make a lot of sense. <laughs> You're awesome. No, I, and you can attest to this. Um, when we were at school together, yes, uh, Marquise is a, another fellow alum from DePaul, DePaul University, Indiana, Greencastle. W! W, the Golden Tigers. Yeah. The Golden Era. Yeah. The Golden Era. I like that. I like that. Hold on. What were you saying? Sorry. <laughs> I got too fanboy on that. I got too fanboy on that. Um, hold up. When we were back at DePaul, oh, whatever. Not a big deal. So, uh, yeah. Actually, no, what were we talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering where you were going. I don't know if it was still politics. It was, it was. It was politics. It was politics. It was with uh, DNC, Bernie. Yeah, so basically, oh, yeah, the transition team, the transition team. I forgot where I was going with that. But anyway, let's let's focus. Let's focus. Uh, The runoffs, the runoffs. Are you paying attention to the runoffs? Like with Warner and um, Loeffler, who just caught COVID. So got COVID, yeah. So did Trump Jr. Jr. And Trump, uh, Don uh, Sr. was like, I'm coming, son. I'm coming. I'm going to do a U-turn to the golf course. (laughs) (laughs) He was like, I got you, son. I got you. What what the fuck? And even with the MAGA march, that guy was still in, like what? He went to his golf course right after. Not even right after. He was just like he gave like a wave. He was just like yeah, well, yeah. He was out of there. These ah, uh, it is kind of so, yeah. So I saw the Florida governor, uh, not the Florida governor, ah, fuck the old Florida governor, Loeffler. She's uh, Loeffler. She's also all have, like, the uh, owner of the um, Atlanta, the Atlanta. Um, what's the awesome. WBA team? Oh, the WBA team. Oh, that's why I saw her court time. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. They were protesting against her, too. That was a big reason why they did the Black Lives Matter, because of her. 
WNBA doesn't get enough street cred, but they've been out here in these in these protesting streets for a Maya very Moore, long time. Like, they're making 30K down there. Yeah. Fun fact, fun, I used to, when well, San Antonio, when we had our WNBA team, I was on their practice squad. And one of those girls can really hoop. I know, like, if you're watching TV, like, obviously you're yeah, naturally yeah. comparing it to the NBA, so you think, like, oh, this is, but I'm like, no, if you just keep it, like, they can, they can fucking hoop. And so I was on their practice squad here. So the team that's in Las Vegas now, the Aces, was our San Antonio uh, Stars, it. Silver Stars. And so I was on the practice squad, and they are very, like, pro everything. Like, I mean, down to earth, just, like, humble. Just I'm just here to hoop. Then it's crazy that some of them have to, like, they have to play, like, their coach had to play, like, year-round for, like, 27 years, like, overseas, back home, overseas, back home. Or they're literally, like, living with, you know, with, together in apartments or yeah. they got a second job somewhere. And I'm like, it just blew my mind. And so, like, you could see somebody working at PetSmart and not, nobody had me work at PetSmart, but I'm just throwing it out there, like, you're working at the same time and you're trying to be a mother and you're hooping in a professional team. Like and so it just blew my mind. Soccer team goes in that same boat as well. But back to all that, yeah, man. Shout out to the Atlanta WBA team or WBA in general for they've been. I think they've been way ahead of the in NBA as far as protesting and standing on some some rights. I think this year might be the most I've seen in the NBA. You're right. A collective force. They said like ninety percent of the NBA voted for the first time this year. Yes, and that was a big uh, that was a big uh, attribute to LeBron James. He yeah. uh, led the charge with "Voter Die" from Diddy's uh, campaign, and uh, you're right; it was 20 percent before that, the last election. And Shaq, yeah, yeah you said yeah, Shaq, Shaq, and Snoop Dogg, even though he's not in the not in the NBA, uh, Snoop Dogg voted for the first time. They're both in their 50s. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Tyson. Mike Tyson did. Mike Tyson voted for the first time? That's first crazy. Time, man. That's crazy. Yeah. Casamata, he'd be so proud. He'd be so proud. Yeah, man. He has a great book. Yes, he does. He does. We'll talk about that. And I actually want to bring that on the show one day, not to, like, get too ADD. I would like to bring back um, <laughs> What the Fuck Did I Read? Because I would love to talk about the Obama book because I have that on audiobook. And we tried to talk about Mimi, yeah. but, again, I'll try to bring that in a segment. But, anyway, real quick um, about what you were just talking about. Yes, Diana Taurasi took a year off because of economic strife. That was crazy. Um, big shout out to Teresa Witherspoon. She's the first. Um, she's the second, actually, to get a, a full time coaching position. Uh, Becky Hammond is on the Spurs, and now you have Teresa. Hey, she's cold. So I think with her on the practice squad. Yeah, yo, I had no and, idea uh, this about you, bro. You got to keep talking about this. This is amazing. I had no idea like, you. Were, I didn't know you were that good. I I'm playing I'm with not, you. I didn't know you were that good to be on a practice squad. I was like, what the fuck. I'm not, man. It was a so my, I played ball here in high school, so that's the only reason I got. You were garbage, but I just I just didn't think you were practice squad yeah. good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, my old point guard from here, man, we were close, so he was like, "Hey, man, we got some spots in the front. We didn't get paid or anything. We just got some gear and whatever, and just that's to dope. so we played like whatever team they played. So if they were playing like uh, Chicago, uh, shout out to watching uh, coming up, you know, like. We would yeah, play like, the sky. We would play their uh, defensive schemes. So whatever you know, Chicago's defensive schemes were, or and offensive schemes, so that way they could know how to react to that. So we were uh, so in the military, cool. yeah. and so. But uh, Becky Hammond came out one day. One of my favorites. favorites. First, and we played on the Spurs court. Oh, the, cool. The the it's definitely not. I feel like it's not a typical court. Like one trip down. I'm done. You, like, it's 
huge. It's, it feels huger than it, you know, larger than it. And uh, but yeah, Becky was amazing. And she this was she's like forty something. Yeah, this no, was like at least this I used to root for her on the Liberty. I used to root for her all the time. She was amazing. I was a big fan of her. Still a big fan of her. I hope she becomes a head coach soon because that's, be that's her goal and that's what she's destined to be. Again, Teresa Witherspoon is on the Pelicans now. She's a full time coach. And a big shout out on mm. since we're on the women wave, a big shout out to um and uh sorry, Kim and G from uh the Florida Marlins, Marlins. Dodgers before that. Marlins, yeah. She was a big executive. She was an assistant uh, general manager to Brian Cashman on the Yankees. So I know a lot about her. She has a lot of rings with us. She was integral. Brian Cashman didn't even have to make that in the announcement. If you're a real Yankee fan, you know a lot about her. I'm very happy for I'm very happy for all these women. Uh, yeah, and I was on Maya Narratives, our guest last week. I was on her show, and we talked a lot about um, the rise of feminism. So, but we're not gonna make a big deal out of that for this show because it's a different program. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Yeah, let's get on to. Yeah, we talked a lot about the recount. Let's talk about uh, affluenza once again. That 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 always like gets onto this program. Uh, Mr. Kyle Rittenhouse and his uh, two million dollar bond, uh, two million dollar bail. Uh, mm-hmm. Scott Bayo and uh, I forgot where uh, Ricky Schroeder is from. I forget, I know he's a child actor. I know he's been out of work, but he's been working on his backhand, definitely. He's been, like, roughing up uh, in domestic violence. So, like I said on the pre-meeting with Marquise, uh, um, it's not that much of a shock that he would be in favor of uh, someone's Second Amendment rights uh, actually putting it to the test and, like, shooting someone in the middle. And actually, I found out this guy had mental health problems, the guy that he shot. He actually came out of a mental hospital which doesn't look good in the court case, by the way. Like if you're if you're in a court and you hear that the person that attacked Kyle Rittenhouse had mental health problems, not good, not good. But I, I still, obviously, I still think that was not a justified death. I still think like you shouldn't be going over state lines to Kyosha. State lines, yeah, yeah. You still should be doing, especially. And, and then he used a stimulus check. We just heard we we heard recently that he used a stimulus check to go buy the gun. I thought he borrowed it. He actually bought it. Who, who somebody's getting fucking arrested for? Yeah, I thought it was his mom or something. After I saw the picture of him and his mom, I was like, "All right, I know." But you yeah. see how that rolls. But hey, I thought I just saw a quote that he said he didn't regret it at all or whatever. And, uh, no, the doesn't. picture I just saw. Yeah, the picture I just saw. I'm like, oh man, you're already smiling and posting. I'm just like, why would he? He has, he has a happy day. <laughs> the privilege, man. And I, as soon as I seen it, I'm like, who the fuck is paying? Ooh, paid this bond. And I knew, I figured it would be a, a group me or, you know, like you said, a crowd. So I, I figured out, like, that just goes to show we got a long way to go in this business. Like, yeah, he donated. the ways to go. Oh, did you say we got wiped the ways to go? <laughs> I'm joking. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, Ricky Schroeder gave, uh, supposedly he was the one that brought it over the top with 150000 And I agree with you, man. We have a long way to go. A very, very, I, yeah, man, we're not going to see those type of changes until, like, we're dead, to be honest, man. Uh, I, don't even know where he, I don't even know where he got that money from. Because looking at this catalog, this catalog is not $150,000 worth of, of movie catalog. That's this what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's been a long time since he got good work. I think he was on a like um like some type of CSI like recently. I think like that's some some type of like uh, forensic show. That's, that's but other gotta, than that, yeah, no, he's he's trash. He's trash. That's, that's got to be forty dollars an hour for, and you're only on for two hours on set. We need you right. off. All right, how <laughs> where are you getting this money from? Exactly. And I don't mean to be a bummer, but like, as you said, like, you know, and then we have on the flip side, you have Tamir Rice. And it's, I think, I think it's the six year anniversary of the 12 year old death 
Terrible, man. Terrible. You have like the, he was holding a toy gun and cops didn't even give him enough time to respond and they shot him cold dead right on camera, man. Right on camera. And still nobody pulled up, like yeah. pulled up like quick. Yeah, man. Like it was yeah. amazing how close they got when they pulled up out of the car. I was like, man, y'all aren't even going to pull. Like you pulled up next to the gazebo. Like, like, and I was just, so the, it's amazing. That's crazy. That it's been six years. I know we base our, we, I've been realizing that how I base how time moves based off these huge events. And I'm like, holy shit, that was six years ago. That was 20 years ago. And it's like these pop culture or these, these, you know, terrible ass tragic events. And I'm like realizing how fast time moves, but it's like, geez, it's a privilege of being able to be out free taking pictures. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, you can thank Twitter for that news from me, at least, uh, with uh, Tamir Rice. But, yes, rest in peace, Tamir Rice, and everybody that has been part of the struggle. Man. Black Lives Matter. Go Corey Smith. She's in politics right now, so hopefully she'll uh, she'll help out with that Black Lives Matter initiative. Let's get on to some entertainment. What the fuck did I All hear? right. Good news, Megan Thee Stallion. You know, I was a month Ago years old when I found out that she was like around like six foot tall. I had no idea. I had no idea. And then uh, our friend Phil Porter, I brought it up to him and he was like, How'd you not know? She's called a stallion. She's built like a stallion. I'm like, That's it. That's that's good, but I still didn't know. I still, it still like went over my head. See, but just some Texas insight. Like, we've been saying the word stallion like, forever. Yes, you have. You have. Like, and so even though, and we've never realized, I just realized years ago that, like, Oh, this is a male horse. But. <laughs> But none, of that, <laughs> but none of that matters. Like, if you were just. What about Cole 45, bro? What about Cole 45? <laughs> <laughs> and so, for, for Texas people, it was just like, okay, Megan Stein. But that was something like if you just saw a fine gal back in the day, or she was, you know, that trap or volleyball type of person or whatever, she would just find out, and she's a stallion. It was just, that's just so Texas high. colloquial verbiage for us. So, I've never attributed the word the stallion to the height either. I, I assume she looked tall. But it could have been yeah. you or whatever, but uh, I I only saw her once live. Unfortunately, I was really really far, and she made me miss Lizzo and the baby because her set was so late. And so I saw Lizzo, and I've seen Lizzo before, so I was like, okay, maybe I can go see a little bit of Meg The Stallion. And so I regret it. Well, not regretted it. I saw Meg The Stallion. She mm-hmm. was great, but it went so late that the baby snuck off and did a surprise performance with her, which was on Instagram and all that. And I was still at Mega Stallion, so then when I got back, I saw more Lizzo. Then I got back to the baby, and the baby had already done a performance with Lizzo. I was like, fuck. Fuck, I was so tight. But back to Mega Stallion, I should have known she was tall because I was so far. I could still see her. I could still see I was really far back. And she had, like, a white wig on and stuff. It was really short, so hot. But maybe that's what it was. I was really perved out because, like, I was really focused on how hot she was. I wasn't really focused on her height. <laughs> I, was, I had, like, kind of, like, a, a vision of, like, it was yeah. the neck was kind of, like, the neck was kind of like, cut off of my vision. It was kind of cut Where is this, like, one of your, your New York shows or Made in America? No, this is in Philadelphia. Yeah, yeah. Oh, made in America. America. But that, oh, that's okay. Philadelphia. That's Philadelphia. I haven't been there yet, man. I get anxiety now, man. So I, I went to my first uh, big open show or whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, here in Austin. Austin has a big one. Uh, Austin City Limit. San Antonio actually have one. We have one now. Mala Blues or some shit like that. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I can't wait. Yeah, I went to those days again. Oh, yeah. I know you don't uh, like festivals, but I love them. I just get it. It's, it's anxiety and shit. Man. Hate, man. The Austin one wasn't that bad, but I've heard about Made in America and like being around that many like people. Like, 
I'm used to it, man. And I'm tall myself. So when I go to concerts, I tell one of my friends that some people don't even ask me. They just start climbing on me, like, to, like, do, like, a crowd surf or, like, yeah, I'm dead serious. Yeah, and when people tell me they have anxiety or they don't like crowds, I'm almost like, I mean, I don't like getting climbed on, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, like if you can't deal with that, you definitely can't deal with what I deal with. Like, you don't have people being like, yo, I need you to move, move out. The they don't even ask. They don't even ask, especially like, girls. Especially girls, they just go like this, like what, like one time, like on my face, like it was like, I was like, <laughs> I was like, what's and one time I was at a show, and way around though, there was a person on. I know if I started climbing on people, people would die. Um, <laughs> <what>? <laughs> um, I've even had big chicks. One time I was on E and one of my, my ex, she was like, yeah, Mary Lou wants to fucking, uh, wants to see the show from your, from your, uh, shoulders. And I'm like, Mary Lou's like 300 pounds. And I popped the mile. I was like, all right, we can do this. We can do this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. Right, like, and I was like this. I was like, Yeah. Rihanna. Uh, <laughs> Actually, I think it was Kevin Harris. It was Kevin Harris. Uh, get him to the Greek when he, like, stabs him in the... In the oh, yeah, the adrenaline, in the, the job yeah. ring. <laughs> that was a good movie. That was like, did he actually did his thing? Did, did he actually did his thing? So, yeah, no, uh, I love festivals, and I love the new... Uh, it, it's it's a little cheesy, the new single by Meg Thee Stallion, Body Adi Adi, but it does the trick. It does the trick. Have you seen it yet? <laughs> No man, I have no, I haven't seen the. Uh, oh, I listen, I haven't seen, I haven't seen any videos period in so long. Like I feel like I, I forget that video is still a thing, and so I'll catch it if I'm. It was on our Instagram. That's all. That's the only reason. Oh, it's on Instagram. Okay. Um, I listen to. Uh, I don't. I don't. I don't uh, get much in the celebrity beef, so that's why I'm always lost. Like I had to go read up, read up on the Gucci G's. I know we'll talk about later, but I'm, I never know the details or shit. But I did know because I had just recently became a Tory Lanez fan before all this. I uh, just recently became like musically. Not, I don't know these people, so I'm not a fan of you in life, but uh, musically. And so when uh, it's timing tape, to become a fan, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, it was like two, yeah, two mixtapes ago or whatever it was. So not the chick's tape, but the whatever that was when he kind of yeah, like on his fifth, I believe. Fifth, they're, yeah, all not a, they're all good. He makes good music. And uh, so the timing, yeah. So I'm like, man, okay, he can he can go. And then the shit happened, and I'm not one to like fall into, like, the Instagram uh, jury, judge, jury, execution. And, like, you know, our Instagram said you're fucking guilty, you're guilty. And I'm like, eh. I'm not one to be like, let's pay for the results, but I'm just not going to give you. foot was kind of like, I don't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't even. Oh, I think I might have saw the. She's still removing bullets. She has had three surgeries. She's still removing the fragments yeah. from her foot. And I didn't even doubt that something happened. I just didn't know what the something was. So and I, when I, I saw just the world pushing this person out and automatically going over to this person. And I was like, all right, well, I'm going to give, let me see what both sides are. So I heard his last album and the whole album addressed the whole issue, basically. Yeah, he did. He does it was Daystar or Day, whatever the name is. Yeah, Daystar. That's his name, actually. This is a, so I wanted to listen to, so I did listen to her first one. I'm like, ah, it has, it tries to, but um, I fuck with her just because she's Texas. You know, but <laughs> That's right. I'm just not going to blindly just give people my loyalty. You know, I don't know these humans. I don't know any of these humans. So I'm just, you know, so I didn't have a dog in the fight, but I was just interested on in how the narrative was going to play out from a musical perspective. Because I'm like, man, he just dropped an entire 18-track album about the situation, and he still loves you, apparently. What do you got for me? What do you got for me? <laughs> <laughs> give me something. And I didn't get it, man. I was like, damn it. So... 
That's cool. I guess it'll come out at some point. But I feel you. Well, even on this show, we covered it a lot. So, but if I had to put my personal stamp on it, I'm gonna stay with Megan. I'm gonna, uh, and especially that, uh, especially with the timing too. He brought that album out when the verdict for Breonna Taylor was announced uh, through the Attorney General mm. Cameron. And uh, no, I just I think he's a piece of shit. <laughs> I think he's a piece yeah. of shit. I, I, he was the only one with the gun. Like, what did someone take the gun from him? Like. It was just, yeah, and but, I, anyway, I'm, but we're, you're right. We've talked about and it. We're, yeah, and I didn't, and I didn't know it was too much mis, misinformation, information. Like her, her former homegirls were coming out and speaking, and it was just like it just got messy a little bit. I did see, and I'm like, all right, I, I'm, I don't want to. Yeah, you're right. It's just that women have been in this predicament for a long time, and it's always like you know glossed over or something happened. So. Me personally, not you, but me personally, I try to lean more towards the women more often. You're right, not, I, but but I try not to have the blind faith at the same time. But like again, there's just so many instances where women were like just brushed aside in these, and like men are just not. I'm not speaking to you personally, but yeah. men are just like automatically believe like, oh, there's these gold diggers, oh, this woman, like she's a she's actually more successful than him. Yeah. So why would she? Why would she want to just like have her shoot, foot shot? So like, you know, what point is she making with that? So to me, he even, and even in her music, he said, and in the, the Instagram live video, she was saying that, like, he went to his publicist right away. Who does that? Who, like, talks about an ongoing court case like that right in the middle? Like, I've seen Jay-Z afterwards. I've seen Snoop Dogg afterwards. Like, murder was the thing that gave me. Sean, when he got out of jail, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. but I've never seen somebody where the charges weren't even brought up yet come out with a whole album describing the details. And again, like you said, even like professing his love is still love for the girl. But I, but again, a lot of that too is because the internet moves so quick and you're already judged by public opinion. I think he even, he, you know, there was a few times where he's like, man, I, I don't want to, I can't sit back and be silent. Like, and I try to put myself in both people's scenarios, right? If I've already got... Well, James Franco had, he did. He, I mean, why can't they start being quiet? Why, what's wrong with being quiet? Yeah, or, uh, you know, the Johnny Depp thing. He wrote a whole letter about, like, you know, when he got kicked oh, off whatever movie. Well, he, he went did. to court. So, yeah, he went to, like, three. Yeah, they did. So, like, battle. <laughs> yeah, and so it made me, I was talking to a homie the other day, and I'm like, I realized, like, how much celeb, one, we, we give celebrities way too much fuck platform. But, uh, two, like, how much appeal the crowd has in the things that they do. Like, and that, that could be for street shit, mm-hmm. or that could be for, like, how much, like, when they go live, how much that number at the top makes it means to them, how much how much those comments mean to them. True. And getting the crowd on your team early and going back to some history shit, it's just like uh, the, the Boston Massacre. We all learned what Boston Massacre was. You know what they call the Boston Massacre in, in England? It's called the Incident on King Street because it's not a fucking I didn't only know that. Thing. I didn't yeah, know that. Only two people died. Only three people died. So it's like, but because Samuel Adams, if I'm not mistaken, he was the first person to get to the printing press, write down Boston Massacre on that bitch and spread it to the world. Do tea, leaves, do, do tea leaves count? Tea bags count as uh, casualties of uh, a massacre? Does that count? No, that count. We can, oh, no we can add it. So we've been doing this shit since the 1700s. Who can get to the crowd first, get them on your side, and then that's the narrative. And so that's what our, so I'm not, I wasn't even trying to insinuate or say, no, no. Yeah, absolutely not. Story. I know you weren't coming at me, but. No, not at all. Not at all. Um, even another example before we move on to uh, Kylie Minogue's new album and her record that she just broke. <laughs> what a great segue. Uh, right? Uh, <laughs> Lorena Bobbitt, by the way. I know, right? And I go back to the, the dick slicing. Um, Lorena Bobbitt. 
I was, I was, we were young when that trial was going on. So I had to watch, um, the Purdue, uh, Jordan Peele produced one on Amazon. It was called Arena. Very, very good. Very, very good. It's four parts, I believe, four episodes. And it shows both their sides. So the first half is the trial that went on with, um, I think Michael Bobbitt. I think that's his name. Mm-hmm. And, uh, th- no, I think that's, no, that's not his name. John Bobbitt, something like that. Some, some, John Bobbitt sounds familiar. So we'll call him Michael John. Anyway, so Lorena from another country, um, she married him and, uh, they had a tumultuous relationship and supposedly, uh, during the relationship, they got upset and she ch- caught, chucked up his penis and threw it on a grassy knoll near a gas station. <laughs> so in the documentary, it showed that um, the popular, like you said, he went to court first. So a lot of the narrative, kind of like Monica Lewinsky and Bill Clinton, a lot of the narrative was towards John. He was on the Howard Stern show. He was like he was all over the place. Like everybody was sympathizing with him. And on top of that, the Virginia court, I think that's what, yeah, the Virginia court, it was on his side because the law, and I don't know if you heard this on the show before, but um, in Virginia, I don't, I don't even know if the law stands anymore, but when they were on trial, when he was on trial, any rape that occurs in Virginia common, uh, Virginia Commonwealth, common law, if a rape occurs, you can only account for five days before or five days after, and you only get one rape to account for. Yeah. So she, in her testimony, and she said that he had raped her many times. I only get to talk about one, and then on top of that, if he didn't rape me five days before or five days after, I can't talk about it either. That's a man law right there. So that's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, and he's yeah. from Canada, so he has no influence on that. But that's what I'm saying. Like, and then when she went to her own trial, she had at least 20 witnesses. She had witnesses from his friend circle, all that, and it totally flipped. And he lost. He lost mm. the freaking. He lost the civil trial, and he he's broke to this day. And he has like a severed. Uh, I think we never got the full story. I'm not, I'm not, oh, you I, got to I, man. I, the prime is good. All we heard was like a penis was chopped off, and that was it. Like it was that, was, and you threw it out the window or whatever. Like that was a reputation he, too. That was a reputation too. Yeah, I thought he like tried to do porn or some shit after that. He did. So, he yeah. did. He's not a good guy. But anyway, you'll see the documentary. But what I meant was is that we automatically, even myself, even myself, there's been times where like I've been like, what's she doing? I, even when I was younger with Cosby, like what's what's her name doing? Or uh, Isaiah Thomas with uh, Saunders uh, with the MSG Pro. So, yeah. So, whatever. I didn't mean to like get in all that. Anyway. I feel you. I feel you. You're right. We can't let um, just seeing headlines like guide us and be the popular opinion. We got to let this play out. So I agree with you on that stance. Kyla McNeil, she is the oldest person to debut on number one in the UK charts. She is basically the uh, UK version of Madonna. Her uh, her hit song that was in uh, in America. She she's crossed over before, but I forgot how. But like I can't really sing it. But it was like la 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 la. Yeah. So it was like you'll. I'm sure you've heard it in a fucking old navy somewhere. Somebody tried to steal. Yeah. Somebody tried to shoplift from that. We talked about Two Chains last single last week. Um. So help me God, are you a Two Chains fan, Marquise? I am, man. I, I like I like Chains, man. He's, uh, he's pretty clever. Like, if you really listen, like, if you listen yeah, no, he's good. Guy, he's like very uh, he, he, him and Big Sean are some clever. Oh, I love Big like Sean. metaphor rappers. I appreciate so. Uh, I liked it, man. The beat selection was crazy. Uh, some of the vintage beats, you know. Um, I, I I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. So I, I'm, I'm definitely a teacher. And I love how he put the HBCU band in there. 
That's uh, right. Not a fan. Of, not a fan of Wayne much anymore. But like the uh, HBCU band with that old R and B. Uh, was it Guy oh, or Blackstreet? I think it was Guy. Oh, guy, oh, guy! Uh, oh, yeah, the the uh, the group, the uh, R and B group guy, yes. But he, but I think that's the same. Yeah, thing. the R and B group, yeah. yeah. Aaron Guy, that's Teddy Riley's, uh, I think, uh, brother or cousin or something like that. Teddy, Teddy Riley. Riley found Guy. Yes, yeah, cousin, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Saddest, saddest video of all time. There. I knew <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I love Change, man. I thought it was good, cool, man. It was a good bounce table. So nice. me too. I love Teddy Boy. He's my man. He's my dog. Um, another college uh, veteran for us, uh, Jeezy and the Recession Part Two. I enjoyed that as well. Did you listen to the Recession Part Two? I did. Um, typically, it takes me like about two spins to, to before I make a good judgment. I like that. That's good. That's really good, actually. A lot of people don't do that. Some people listen yeah. to like one song. They go, "I hate the album." Yeah. <laughs> Trash. Trash. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, I give it two. Uh, first time through is really like beats, and it's very superficial. Second time through, I'm listening to the lyrics and content. But um, I thought it was all right. I, uh, I thought it's a mature album. It's definitely a, a groaner. I mean, he still talks some trash here and there, but more from retrospective than like I'm still here when we know you're not still there. Come on, you know Genie Mai, Genie Mai, let go of his balls, man. Let's get real Jeezy out there again, man. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was all right, man. I think I might have liked the last one a little bit better. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot the name of the last album, but not bad. Typical Jeezy. I could I could have did some more bangers, some more trunk bangers, but. Absolutely. Uh, I did go back to uh, Thug Motivation 101. Oh, that. oh so good. Classic. classic. Go crazy. Classic. Classic. Uh, yeah. yeah, Trap Star. Amazing album. I love that album. Which he spelled wrong, by the way. I don't know if a lot of people felt that. He said T R A P S T R. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah. good. He's got enough A down there. He's like, he's, <laughs> that dude is pretty much like, uh, he, they pretty much, him, T.I., and who else? They pretty much run the whole drug game down there. So, yeah. like, makes sense. Makes sense. Callie Oops, she's uh, featured on Kate Trinata. She's been on a lot of stuff. Are you a fan of Callie Oops? Um, you know what? I only know her from one song that I really rock with. It had Tyler, the creator, on it. Nice. Uh, Might have had Thundercat. Yeah, no, I know uh, you're talking about. That's a great song. Yeah, so that's the only time I've heard of her. Um, I did see she dropped this, but I thought it was all in Spanish, so. It is, it is. And I think she's Filipino, uh, so it makes sense that she knows some Spanish. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I was like, okay, I, I didn't know. I thought it was going to be some straight R&B. So it's Sin Mayedo del Amor e Otros de Menenos. So I guess uh, she loves uh, Love and Other Demons. Is that yep. Yes, exactly. Look at that. That's right. That's right. New York. Is coming through. Right. I know. I know a little bit of Florida. A little bit of Florida stage. I like it. I like it. Tampa. Uh, Benet, um, she sounds a little bit like Lord. A lot of people that I bring this up to, they don't know who she is, but if you ever want to check her out, she kind of sounds like Billie Eilish as well, but she's like more. Hey, I like Billie. Oh, good. Me too. Me too. We like uh, her, we mentioned her song last week. That was really cool. Her new album, Benet, is a Hey UX. If you're going to check that out on Spotify, Chris Stapleton did a feature with, but he's also a really good country artist in his right. He did something with Justin Timberlake. Um, they had that Say Something video. That was an amazing video, and it was mm-hmm. on a, it was on a continuum. So he like broke records with that. Meek Mills gave us a surprise EP quarantine pack. Did you listen to that, Marquise? Uh no I haven't uh I haven't looked okay. at it. It's pretty fr- um I'm yeah because I was still on my uh, easy shit at that point so yeah. I, I I don't like to 
uh, bounce around. So I do have it. Uh, I didn't even know Chris Stapleton dropped it. I like Chris Stapleton too. Me too. It's like Tennessee whiskey, Chris Stapleton. Nice. Um, you didn't have it. Uh, no, I haven't listened to that. That's okay. I have a recommendation for you too. Actually, that's why I didn't listen to it. My guy's Tank John dropped. I love it. Oh, I didn't know. Why? Oh, please talk about that. What is this? I didn't know. I saw some singers. But I didn't know that it was an album coming out. Oh, I'm, oh, I, and I saw him live. Yeah, I saw him live um, last year. He's great. Ah, oh man, I, I was I was supposed to see him in Frisco, man. And I didn't ah, drive out there. I was he was sick. at Webster Hall. It was so good, and it wasn't even my idea. My friend was like, "You want to tag along with me and my wife?" And that was nuts. By the way, she got into a fight with like these middle school girls. That was nuts. I know. And then he like cleared them out with his arm, and I had to like I had to like it was crazy because. If I didn't know him, I would have let it, let him get his ass. And he has daughters himself. So when he did that, I was just like, but then when they started coming at him, I'm like, well, I'm with them. So I'm like, and they're looking at me like, you're defending this guy that just like swiped away these 15 year old. I'm like, <laughs> but afterwards, I was like, dude, you're crazy. But anyway, my bad. St. John, he was nuts. He was nuts. He had like his shirt off. He was crowd surfing. He was nuts. He was great. And I see, I, I saw some footage. My guy went to a show in Miami, man. He sent some. Uh, Cell phone and it was just crazy. The vibe and the, like it looked like a rock concert basically. But oh yeah, yeah man. It's, uh, when the world burns, man. It's got Kanye on it. It's got uh, got Black on there. It's got Love Black. Uh, uh, Kaylani's on there. Uh, like uh, I think the baby's on a track. Maybe Lil Uzi's on there. Like JID. I love Jim. JID. Me too. Me up. too. He's my favorite Dreamville, other than J Cole. He's my favorite. Man. My my uh, boss, I saw Boss a lot. I love Boss too. Oh, boss is good too, though. Boss is good. JID is definitely like up, up, one of our Boss has boss. a better Boss is a better delivery. JID is a better uh, lyricist. Boss has like a better like yeah. uh, has a better texture to his voice. JID has like you know the kind of the silly factor, but he's still amazing. I love him. Yeah, yeah, man. Uh, great album, man. Top to bottom, same vibe as as some of the older stuff. If you listen, uh, obviously the Roses remix for Future is crazy. So on there, but. Well, I want to mention something real quick before we get into the verses. Um, you got my love for Big Crit reignited, actually. Hey. I, follow, I follow you on Spotify, and I follow you on Instagram. So I've seen you posted before, and I, I've always liked Big Crit. But for some reason, you like you put it on there, and you like I was like I became even more of a fan, man. So I just <laughs> want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for that, Brandon. Hey, man. Got me onto uh, more Nipsey Hustle. Like I was, I knew who he was, and I and I heard some songs. But when he told me that when he made that proclamation on Facebook and big shout out to him uh, and his album, uh, mm. uh, some of the struggle, some of the struggle. That's oh yeah, been, okay, yeah, yeah. And you did a great job with the interview, by the way, with him. Hey, a lot of that's to you, man. I told you I was listening to your shit, man, trying to figure out. Oh shit. man, thank you, man. thank you. No worries, no worries. Uh, yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I, so yeah, so I love your taste of music. And especially that you're from the South and you're from that area and stuff like that. So you get you get a lot more of it than I do. So, like, I rely on you to, like, give me that kind of flavor. And Big Crip, man, he's a he, – no homo, he's in my shower all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because hey, of you. Because of you. <laughs> that, that's super dope to hear, man. I uh, I was literally just talking to somebody. I remember years ago when me and you were talking. Uh, and for those who don't know, we have, we have a extensive history, but – I remember when we were talking about UGK, and I was surprised that Bun and Pimp C were such huge influences in New York because I feel like there's such a, just a steel curtain, you know, when it comes to music from the South and from the North. Like, you know how I discovered Jay Z? I discovered Jay Z through Drew. UGK? Oh, for Drew? Uh, oh, yeah, from the uh, Trump as, as Carter. Yeah, Volume 3 track. That's yeah, right. So, 
But that's where UGK so, came in too, though. They were on that album. Yeah. And so otherwise, I didn't know shit about. Like I wasn't listening. I was listening to, to Biggie, and I was it. The the that was that was it. That's all I knew. Uh, so that's all you needed. Even now, okay. yeah, I was three six mafia. It was South or nothing. Uh, yeah, that's three six, six mafia is because of you guys, because of the pub. Three six mafia for me. Uh, yeah, that was definitely because of hustle and flow and all that good stuff. That's uh, I knew about them. <laughs> I knew about Project Bad. I knew about Project Pad and all that, but again, with the hustle and flow, that that really put them over the top. That really put them over the top. That gave them a lot of. You'll be you'll be happy to know, uh, Crit actually just dropped. I don't know if you ever heard of Toby, uh, Houston rapper, uh, blowing up. No, I haven't. Uh, I haven't. Uh, so yeah, man, they have an amazing. Uh, he's a Houston rapper, uh, but he you probably seen him actually. So he always has like mint, like it's like mint colored rooms. He's got his wife with him, his baby, and then they, another uh, lady that they rock with. And they've just been having these living room sets all COVID long. They've been he's been doing these living room sets. TOBE, he's Nigerian, I want to say. Oh, watch it. And uh, so uh, Dave Dave Chappelle just invited him to. Oh his, hell uh, yeah, definitely got to. He's a great Ohio person. shit. So, uh, but yeah, him and uh, Tim and if you go to Big Crit's page today, they just dropped their video today. Oh good. Uh, That's true. So you'll get a taste of shit. Bring yeah. on new stuff for us, man. I love it. And you brought St. John. Thank you so much. You watched the versus battle between Jeezy and Gucci Mane. Gucci Mane. Yeah, man. Took me back, man. Felt right. like college all over again, man. So, uh, who won? Who won? I, 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 I was, I was GD. I was already was by Same, same, uh, same. Indiana, actually, not, not even all. Indiana State. So when I left the fall, I went to Indiana State for grad school. Mm-hmm. And Indiana State is probably like the most HBCU you're going to get. Ain't no problem about it. It's the most, it is the HBCU. That's crazy. Uh, I did not, I did not know they were HBCU. I should have known. They're, they're not. Circle they're, not, they're, not, not all. they're not. No, they're not. No, no. My bad. But it's where all the black people go. Uh, but, but the majority of black people go. Do they participate in Circle City? The one we used to go to? The, uh, the, uh, the Circle City Classic? Uh, well, the majority of like Indiana State, oh, I don't say the majority. It's only like 10%, 11% black. Like, yeah. uh, but that, even that is a huge, huge, I mean, you look at the park, we were, Less than uh, I don't know, less than ten percent. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. it was bad. <laughs> so, uh, so a lot, of, a lot of black people do go, especially from Indiana or Indianapolis, Fort Wayne. I mean, from all over they go to Indiana State. So they actually introduced me to Gucci. So that like thirty eighth Street side of Indianapolis and East Side Nap and all that. Like, so that was my introduction to Gucci in college from from there. But I was a Jeezy fan. You know, like the the bangers he went through, man, were just like I mean. It hit after hit after mm. hit, and he, and he just didn't miss, and so he didn't even really touch on everything. So there, it definitely started out. Uh, man, Gucci was—I mean, it started out with the diss tracks, you know. Like, so this was—I I, I don't watch all the verses. It depends on who it is. Yes, um, I, I might have maybe watched like three. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, I've never seen like two people that. One, clap, right, clash. Jeezy was just very well composed. I mean, he's the one apparently that pitched it to Gucci. It was supposed to be Jeezy. And he's a big businessman right now, Jeezy, actually. And so is Gucci. But, like, Jeezy is a lot more refined now. And I think he's intelligent, too, now. So, like, he just really. Oh, shit. Yeah, so he's trying to, like, refine his He's brain. got some brand cleaned up, too. Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's needing Biden now, man. You know, he's the I know, sugar. right? Yeah. I know. Uh, did they bring up the beef at all? Did they bring up uh, the burying? From the opening. From the opening, Gucci. <laughs> The first, the first fifteen, the first fifteen minutes, every track that Gucci played was a diss track to Jeezy. Yeah, <laughs> and those are his five uh, songs too. To be honest, yeah, it was, uh, it was like go pick up your homeboy. I'm smoking on, you know, whoever. And again, I had to go read up on the, 
on the beefs and it and it kind of had a fissure online and a lot of it went over my head. So there's like a moment where uh Gucci's like, Hey man, I my outfit is ten million dollars. You know, where let's have a jewelry battle. I forgot fuck all this music, let's have a jewelry battle. I got on ten K or ten million worth of jewelry and outfit is ten thousand dollars. And then Jesus like, I own half of Atlanta. Let's talk about some real estate. That's true. He does. So, he really does. <laughs> so those those comments brought up like a lot more after the fact. And so that was like a when he said that, that was like a hidden jab at Jeezy. I guess if you don't to people like me that didn't know the beef, like at the time, I guess when Jeezy was supposed to go get Gucci, like to grab the chain, his chain from him, and it was costing it cost like ten dollars or whatever. So that was like a subliminal jab and so I mean the entire night nice. until the very should have watched it should have watched the very end pettiness. love it they, they ended on So Icy they was like hey man we can perform this and that's know? where the beef started that's where the beef started from the So Icy video that's where it started <laughs> that's yeah. so amazing that was so well played uh, I love it it ended he accepted the olive branch uh, but like I you know I posted once he was like I'm gonna get all my diss tracks out one time and it, and it was, like, very real. He was like, hey, man, because Jesus was doing a lot of talking. He was very mature and handling shit. Just, like, I'm not phased by any of these. And Gucci was like, that energy was pointed. I mean, he's yeah. there to entertain. I get it. And Gucci, man, he's not somebody, like, he has hits. But they're not, like, you know, they're not, like, you know, Jesus has been on, like, top 100. Jesus, right? Yeah, exactly. They're not the same. So I would have did the same thing, to be honest. Like, if I know I'm not going to win, let's get all the distracts out. What, what's the point? You know what I'm saying? And yeah, uh, it, it, it was quite the show, man. For those but, that don't know, oh, my bad. Yeah, no, oh, no, I was going to say it was just good to see, considering everything that's going on in the rap game, violent-wise and street-wise, like, at the end of it all, it was just good to see, like, all right, if these two people can put their, allegedly, so they said, put their beat to the side after 15 years. A ceasefire, at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, something that maybe could uh, resonate down down the trenches. So, but. For those that don't know, the beef between GZ and Gucci Man. Like I said, shout out to my man, Master Paul. We used to work together at Puffco. He's this tall white guy that sells weed. And <laughs> from California, from San Francisco. Well, he's from Long Island, but he, he lived in San Francisco. You wouldn't think that I would get all my trap news, but he gave me all my trap news. He would tell me about Young Dolph. He would tell me all these people. I had no idea who they were until he told me. No. I know. I, 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 I thank him, to be honest. T. Grizzly, I didn't know who was before he told me. I didn't know any of these people. I was like, nice, Paul, great. So then he's talking about Jeezy and Gucci Man. And Gucci Man is like one of his favorites. So he was always talking about Gucci Man. He was always talking about Gucci Man. And one day he starts talking about Jeezy and the, the whole, like, beef. And I'm like, what? He buried two of his friends? That can't be real. And this is way before this versus. This was like two years ago. So I'm just like, I had to look it up. And he goes, yeah, look it up. I'm dead serious. Look it up. So Jeezy, after the Icy video, him and Gucci Man, they got into a beep over, like, you know, chain and jewelry that there's something wasn't given back and disrespect was thrown in the video um, after the video, the the cameo. And then um, supposedly Jeezy sent out a hit on Gucci Man and with two people that were supposed to be strippers and or prostitutes or strippers and Gucci man, I guess like got wind and had two guns on him. And there were two people, two henchmen behind these strippers. They tried to like, you know, tried to uh, zero in on him and Gucci man was ready. Gucci man was ready. So he shot them. 
got into a shootout. He even he was even on the Breakfast Club describing the situation too. They even have a video of him describing the shootout. He was like, I went like this, I went bang, bang, bang. I went like I went bang, bang, bang. And I was like, Oh my God, oh my God. It was great. It was great. It, was great. it wasn't like Soldier Boy, right? The Soldier Boy was like Oh, he did the same thing. It was pretty much the same it was pretty much the same thing. You're right. I saw Soldier Boy do the same thing. So uh so then he buried them. He buried them. And that's not even the most impressive part. He told the cops about it. When the cops asked him about it, he was like, yeah, I buried them over there. It was self-defense. So he went through a whole trial. He went through a whole trial, and he got away with it. <laughs> he got away with it. And then on top of that, like Marquis said, he goes everywhere, and he tells everybody about it. And he doesn't just brag about it. He brags about it to Jeezy's face. He goes, yeah. yo, go, be- go bear- uh, unbury Go dig up your old old boy. Go dig up your yeah. He said it again on on the verses, and it was just man. You hear like I mean the internet, and you know you can see the comments on Instagram. Everybody was just like wild, you know, because they from what I hear, like even drama, DJ drama, and a couple other folks, like nobody thought it was real because again, it was supposed to be Jeezy and Ti, and so last minute it oh, switched to Gucci, oh, and so oh, yeah, and so even Ti in the comments, yeah, even Ti in the comments was like, no, I actually pushed for this. Like, I wanted this to happen. Awesome. I'm like, let's bring it in together. It's like, yeah. Yeah, sure. And so, you know, uh, man, the moment was so crazy. The verses was so crazy. I think they had 1.8 million viewers. Uh, oh, is that the um, most? I don't know if that's the most, but I, I would imagine. So as crazy as it was, I would imagine. Because all the other ones are pretty peaceful. I heard Brandy and Monica's was kind of petty, but or maybe they, they hoped for it to be petty and it wasn't, but. Um, and they've had, great. Yeah. they've had DMX and uh, oh, that one. So Zoom? DMX and Zoom Dog. Yeah, they all drunk. Yeah, he was drunk. He was Babyface and Teddy Riley, I believe. Is that what, what was that? No, it was. Yeah, I think that one fucked up. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. I'm not a big. I'm not the hugest fan, but I know that it's trending. I know a lot of people watch. I know you watched it, so I'm glad we talked about it. Yeah, yeah. I watched it. Yeah, the Dream. Yeah, they had a few that I always. Oh, uh, I people I fuck with, I watch. Yeah. yeah. But the fault lies in all of you. You. What the fuck did I watch? All right. We're back with uh, what we watched on television and movies. Let's see if, uh, oh, yeah, there's a movie that uh, Marquis saw already, but we'll get to that real quick. So The Undoing, that is David E. Kelly's new show with Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Have you seen it at all, uh, Marquis? I, I haven't even heard of this show. Oh, right. it's all good. Uh, I got is it on HBO? Yeah, it's amazing. It's so good. Okay. So I'm not going to tell you the whole thing, but it's these upper-class people in Manhattan. They live in the Upper East Side pretty much. They're these big-time elitists. Uh, one is a psychologist, and one is a, um oncologist. Uh, Hugh Grant is the oncologist. Um, they get in – a murder happens within the school. One of the parents is murdered, and there's a whole bunch of breadcrumbs to lead to both of them. <laughs> And it's nuts. It's a really good show. David e. Kelly has become like the new Grisham, the new John Grisham. He did mm. uh, Boston Public. He did Ally McBeal. He's done a bunch of stuff. He's a TV legend. Um, and now with HBO, he's done uh, the one with Nicole Kidman before that. That was uh, Big Little Lies, I believe. That was Big Little Lies. So the mm. tandem is amazing. The Undoing, I definitely recommend it. It's one of my favorite shows. I barely watch things weekly, but I watch that weekly. Uh, I didn't see the movie The Current War, which is pretty much the same thing right now. That is uh, Thomas Edison versus uh, Nicholas Tesla, the two uh, electrical engineers, the big icons. So I saw the woman Ethan Hawke this weekend. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was a little cheesy. Uh, Bono's daughter's in it. I always forget her name. 
She's very pretty. She was on the Nick. So let's get into the movie that you saw with Janelle Monae, Antebellum. How do you think about it? What do you think? I, I, I do want to say Ethan Hawke. I did see that he's playing uh, John Brown on the Showtime series. Is John Brown or John Bird or something? John Bird. Uh, that was John that. Brown. I've only watched like 10 minutes of it, and it was kind of kooky, and I was like, I <laughs> oh no, they, it gets good reviews, so you should try to check it out again. I, didn't, uh, I haven't seen it yet, but he's a man. He's awesome. I love so, but yeah, he Tesla. He was a good. He played a good Tesla. I, uh, I haven't seen Tesla since my uh, was my magician movie with the uh, that was great. Uh, was prestige. Cool. That was my yeah, prestige. Oh, David uh, Bowie, that's a classic. Yeah, uh, damn, that was David Bowie. Yeah, the one where he, was, when he was trying to get finance, he was just like, yeah. yeah when, he, when Hugh Grant went to go get financed, that was him. Oh, <laughs> uh, Hugh Jackson, yeah, with all the cats and the hats, cats and the hats everywhere. Yeah, well, I already knew that, but I went to David Bowie's exhibit in Chicago and in New York, and they display all his movies, so they show all his cameos, and they showed that, obviously. <sighs> David Bowie's the man. That is wild. Uh, yeah, uh, Annabelle, man. I was, uh, uh, I, I like the original, the creativity behind the originality of like trying to be in a world of remakes and retakes and uh, rehashes. This was at least an attempt at an original story. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and a unique one. I thought it was a horror movie. So I bummed myself out on that. I thought it was like a horror, or at least a scary flick. So. Once I realized it wasn't, but I guess I can't put myself in the fact that if I'm ever kidnapped like that, yeah, I guess it would be a horror movie. So uh, it was all right. Uh, out of five, out of five stars, I'd probably give it like a three. I like Janelle Monae, so I think she's an amazing actress. An amazing. I don't know shit about her, but I just like her vibe. You don't listen to her music? Uh, not no, not, I haven't. I haven't. I can't oh, it's it. really good. It's really yeah. good. You should check it out one day. She's re- she's actually a better musician than she is an actress, but she's a really good actress too. Mm-hmm. Hidden Figures. Uh, she mm-hmm. was in. There was another uh, slavery type movie where she was like helping someone else. Like, oh yeah, Harry Tubman. Harry Tubman. She she was in Tubman. That was very good. Yeah, I skipped that one too. Oh, it was good. It was good. You should see it at least for Cynthia Rebo's uh, performance, the one uh, that was in. Um, She's in a lot of stuff, but she's amazing. She won a she won a Tony too. She won a Tony. She's awesome. But anyway, heavily recommended. Uh, Jenna Malone from Sucker Punch is in it. Gabrielle Sidibe from uh, Lee Daniels movie uh, Precious. Mm. Uh, Kiersey Clemens, Eric Lang from what uh, from oh man, what's that West show that was on? Uh, oh man. Anyway, whatever. Not a big deal. Uh, yeah, and that's it for oh Jack Houston from Boardwalk Empire. He's also on the new Fargo season. He was the guy with his head, his face hey, half he's on. He's one of the greatest TV characters of all time. He really man. is. He plays everything. He plays anything. Like, I, I didn't even realize that. Oh, shit, man. I didn't even realize he was half face guy. <laughs> yeah, that was great. He was awesome. He's a good actor. So, but I liked it. I liked it. I didn't love it. I liked it, but I liked it better than I thought I would. I thought that it was going to be like some sci fi. I didn't know what it was going to be. And I'm not going to lie. It, I, it went lower down my queue each time, even though I love Janelle Monet, And I still haven't seen The Homecoming. I haven't seen that with Julie Roberts. And she's on the second season. I love I love Janelle Monet. I love her music. The ending was a bit cheesy. The, the slow-mo shit. And I was like, oh. Yeah. But, well, but then, well yeah. I'm not going to spoil it, but I was just like, this is kind of cringe. But, uh, yeah, I, th- I, thought it, I thought it was worth a one-time don't I wouldn't I wouldn't pay I didn't pay for it. 
and I'm not watching it. I didn't pay for it. Shout out to Firestick. But uh, <laughs> and I and I hate to take away from from black actors, but I I, I would have paid for it if it were good. I'll go back around the same time. But sure. I uh, yeah. So I, and I and the other reason I was super hype on it, and it kind of let me down. Was so there's a book called Kindred. Okay. It was written in the uh, the late seventies, and it's the exact same premise. However, it's the, it's known as like the first black sci-fi, like the first sci-fi book for black people. Oh, see, I knew it. Even the way they marketed it, shit, I knew that was going to be some sci-fi. And so, yeah, it's like a, a chick, she's from modern-day L.A., and so hers is more of like time travel. So while this antebellum was, you know, fine, hers is like she ends up back in like Oh, so like, what's his name? John Carter, kind of like that, like where he went from. Oh, uh, yeah, that far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar, yeah. yeah, yeah. That. So, uh, yeah, the book's Kindred. So I figured it was like, oh, shit, it's Kindred. It's supposed to be based on. So, yeah, it was a huge, huge book. It was a very successful. Uh, I can't. It's on my It's downstairs in my bathroom, but I can't even. Nice. And you have a great book collection. You have a great book collection. And you're a I don't read them. I just buy them. I don't read them. You're like my dad. <laughs> you're like my dad. You're like my <laughs> But anyway, yeah. Antebellum is like 12 years a slave, kind of. Um, she is a, I believe she's a psychologist as well. And uh, she does, like, book tours and stuff like that. So people in her real life, from a dream that she had, she was in a slavery dream, uh, quote-unquote, uh, air quotes. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, so, but she's in this dream, so she thinks, and she gets dragged back to that dream, so we think. And it's a, it's a plantation. It's a plantation. And, again, we, we have to figure out if it's a real plantation. Someone's, like, either, like, reenacting this or she's stuck in a dream. You get to find that out in the movie. It's very good. Well, it's not very good, but it's good enough. It's good. It's good enough. Like good I said, enough. It's she definitely gets kidnapped. Yeah. <laughs> so unhinged. Holy shit! That movie was good. That was good. Um, I, it's not for everybody. Yo, you are blinding me with that bling. I love it, bro. <laughs> you like Manny Mar- Ramirez over here. Like, <laughs> I love it. But anyway, unhinged. Unhinged is with Russell Crowe. Uh, let's see. I don't know who the other actors are, but we could check that out real quick. But uh, Unhinged, like I said, Russell Crowe, right in the beginning of the movie, offs his wife, offs his ex-wife. He's in the car. He has a uh, a, ga- a, a a tub of gas, I mean, a thing of gasoline, and he just he, he knocks on the door. He murks whoever the lover is right at the door, then murks her. And then he he's like on the he's like in the street like he's like at a traffic stop and there's this woman she's having a bad day like from her divorce and they meet up at the traffic stop and he basically he oh yeah he wouldn't move so she like flips him off and then she comes up to his window and she's like blah 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 so he like asks her to apologize and she won't and he's like well now I'm gonna show you what a bad like you're having a bad day she's like yeah man it's like well now I'm gonna show you what a bad day is and you're and you're gonna know what a bad day is and he was not kidding he was, it's called unhinged he was not kidding you definitely gonna, you typed this up enough for me to he to, made it a point to make her life fucking hell as soon as she dropped off the little motherfucker like her son that dude was following her trying, and he was killing everybody just to get to her it was like Michael Myers it was just like. And he didn't care. He was killing people in broad daylight. He was like, yo, the cops can come and get me, but I'm getting you first. I'm like, oh, my God. It was crazy. Well, <laughs> moral of the story is to fucking apologize in life. Right? Okay, it's he not, it's not that hard, that. people. It's not that hard, people, to say I'm sorry when you're fucked up when you're wrong, man. Moral of the story. Yeah, even in, the, 
even in the intro, they showed, um, which I should have known uh, how the movie was going to go, because I knew nothing about the movie. I just downloaded it. I knew nothing about it. But even in the beginning, um, the, the beginning credits, they show a bunch of people melting down in real life, like just real footage of people just snapping. And that's what unhinged means. Like, it just means that, like, he's just unfettered. He's done. He's nothing you can do now. It sounds like that old uh, Michael, Michael Douglas movie. What was it, Falling Down? Oh, that was you a good movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, you know, he's just in L.A. sweating his ass off in traffic really? and just starts killing him. Just losing it. So uh, the woman that's uh, running away from him, her name is Karen Pistorius. And then the child is named Gabriel Bateman. And that's about it that I that uh, is pretty famous on the credit list. Um, let's move on. We have the crap legacy. If uh, so, Keese was being very generous with his stars. I'm going to be real about this one. The crap legacy is uh, zero stars. <laughs> it's like <laughs> holy shit, it was bad. It was bad, and it sucks because I love Zora from uh, Greenleaf. I love her. Um, let's find out her name actually. Uh, the crap legacy, which I thought was going to be a reboot. And it's from Bloomhouse. Bloomhouse. Uh, hey, Bloomhouse is killing, man. They are. They are. And they're not they're all that good, killing. the movies. But like you said, they're bringing them out in volume. And so they're, yeah. like, they're trying to take over the horror game, even if it's like, even if like they're even not. Even if it's cheesy. Yeah, because Black Box was more like Black Mirror. So, and mm-hmm. people, people, to me, that used to be sci-fi Black Mirror type stuff, like Twilight Zone. But now people categorize that in like weird horror. So that's okay. Mm-hmm. Get Out kind of muddy. I get it. I get it. I, I, I understand Actually, on here, Rotten Tomatoes gave it 47%. They were being really nice. Yes, so, Haley Sepney is, I don't even know who these people are. Um, oh, I think I do know who that is. But anyway, um, Feruza Balk, she's in the original uh, craft. She shows up at the end, and she's one of their mothers. But anyway, it's, it's a piece of shit. Um, they just find out about their powers. They put a love spell on this dude, and shit goes haywire. Like, things that are not supposed to happen, happen. But it's, it's like, rated, like, PG, though, pretty much. Like, yeah, there's some, like, sexual situations and shit like that. There's a part where there's a condom, and they don't even show the condom. Like, they just show, like, off screen. She's just like this. Oh. And I'm like, the craft did all types of shit. And I'm and now you just watered it down to this? No thanks. So I'm surprised I even finished that shit. So back to I see, I see David Duchovny's in it, and I'm looking at this list, and I've never heard of him. Oh, yeah, he's the bad guy. He's the warlock. <laughs> He was pretty good, actually, but he's always good. I love David Duchovny. He's the man. So um, did you see the original craft? Uh, absolutely not. 95? I'm looking oh, at yeah. No. Oh, 96. It was so good. Nev Campbell. Oh, classic. I like bro. Nev Campbell. I remember the Cruel Intentions. and uh, Oh, and I'm and I'm bugging. There's another one from the first one, too. Mel, Michelle Monaghan. She's actually. Right. Yeah, so there's two people from the original. But, yes, did you did you see? You didn't see the craft. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I had never even. um. Man, I was like 10 at that point. I don't even remember seeing it even after that. So I've always heard of it. I just didn't know what it was. So that can... Uh, I feel you, man. Well, it only made... Uh, probably. So it, was, it was a low-budget film. It only uh, $15 million to make. But it blew up, man. It, it, got, it got $55 million in the box office. So wow. That's pretty good if you make a $15, a $15 million, $15 million movie. Um, like I said, um, the the uh, I have to watch it again, by the way. I loved it so much, and I, and I haven't watched it so long. Uh, Farusa Bulk, she's the main witch. that uh, She's also in a Legacy. Then we got Robert uh, Robin Tunney. Then we got Nev Campbell and oh, Rachel True from freaking um, uh, Hat Baked. Oh, so hot. And she's so hot even to this day. Oh, my God. Like I said, classic movie. 
terrible, terrible sequel. Terrible, <laughs> terrible. And you sat through all one hour and 37 minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, it felt longer. It felt longer. <laughs> <laughs> the Crown 4. The Crown 4. The best season of The Crown. The first two seasons cover Claire Foy, um, Queen Elizabeth II. And then the third season really dropped off. It had Olivia Coleman, who's a great actress. Love her. Uh, Prince uh, Philip is still awesome. They introduced uh, Charles. They introduced uh, Princess Anne. And then this new season, they bring on Prince Edward, Prince uh, Prince Andrew, the one that was married to Fergie, uh, Sarah Ferguson, and Princess Diana. That's the highlight of this season, and it is going off. It's amazing. You can skip the third season. Actually, you can skip all the seasons if you want. It's still a great show. But if you really want to get to the time where you were alive, most of my viewers are pretty much millennials. You got to watch season four. It's so good. But what I wanted to talk to you about is, like I said, and we're going to get into the what the what did I say, the interview, and we get to talk about all the things that you're a part of, but give a little sneak preview. You curate and you created a, a Facebook page, not a Facebook page, an Instagram page, and a Spotify uh, podcast and a book, George Floyd, the, the years that we got up to the events of George Floyd that's on Amazon. So I want to ask you because... I feel like you are an expert in this area. You, you you cover it. You cover it. You research it. You disseminate it. You curate it. I consider you an expert. I know you don't. I know you're humble like that. So have you seen The Crown this season, or do you watch it at all? Uh, no. I know what you're talking about because it's in my queue. Uh, but that has nothing to do with Crown. That's because I'm terrible at watching TV shows. Yeah, okay. okay. And so, yeah, uh, I've I heard it's amazing. Um, but, no, I haven't. It's in the queue, though along with 30 other things. Yeah. Okay, cool. So there's an episode, I believe episode uh, eight or nine, and uh, the queen, just like um, the Ayatollah in Iran, you know, a lot of places don't have a monarchy anymore. So if they do have that, they have just like a supreme ruler. So the same thing in I- England, not, and I'm not explaining this to you, I'm explaining it to some dumb viewers out there. <laughs> not all of you that dumb, though. Not all of you. Not all of you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so the queen has no legal authority. You know this. She has no uh, nothing, nothing. The prime minister, who is Margaret Thatcher in this season, mm. they don't give the Emmy to Gillian uh, Anderson, the one who played uh, Scully from uh, mm. X-Files. She's amazing. She plays the Iron uh, Lady, uh, Margaret Thatcher, the prime minister. Oh, shit. Yes, okay. she's fucking fantastic. I, lo- I I forget that it's Gillian Anderson. She's so good. She is Margaret Thatcher, pretty much. And... Um, so she has a standoff with Queen Elizabeth because she actually is the head of state. And then obviously the symbolic head of state is Queen Elizabeth. So Queen Elizabeth had this long-standing rule not to get involved with the politics. Obviously, she would have meetings with these prime ministers, including uh, Winston Churchill and everybody that was under her reign, uh, Dave Cameron, Tony Blair, the, the list mm-hmm. goes on. But this particular stance, she actually was against the apartheid. And so was all the other countries on the Commonwealth. It was 48 to 1, actually. And Margaret Thatcher represented England, and she said no. (laughs) She also had interest down there, by the way. They show that in the show. She had a son that was involved with business down in South Africa. But um, basically, she, um, uh, Queen Elizabeth leaked to the papers for the first time in history that she had a riff with a prime minister because – the prime minister would not bring sanctions onto South Africa to rid of the apartheid. And once the sanctions came about, obviously the apartheid started crumbling. And then we had their first black president, Nelson Mandela. And even Mandela, when you asked him what helped 
bring um, the the apartheid down, he mentions the sanctions. He's like the you you crippled your economy, like they couldn't do anything without money. So we have to attribute it to that. So Margaret Thatcher looked really bad in that. So what do you think? And again, and it's not just it's not just England. Reagan was one of the last people. The U.S. were one of the last people to get really with to stop supporting the apartheid. Coca Cola had to have a protest. People had to protest. Uh, Georgia, Georgia didn't even like Coca Cola products because of that. Because of they were supporting the apartheid. Mm-hmm. So. With your knowledge on your beautiful page, I love your page, your knowledge with the apartheid. How do you feel about that, man? How do you feel about Queen Elizabeth actually standing up for South Africans? Uh, surprising. I was given, <laughs> I guess I, I will say that. And, and and even a little bit I do know about the apartheid and really trying to get through the bit I've read. Nelson Mandela's book is struggling. It's, He's the man. It's, it's huge, but. You know, some uh, Republicans would still call him a terrorist. Like some Republican conservatives, I'll mention him. They'll be like, "Oh yeah, he's a terrorist." Yeah, keep going, keep going. My bad. Not, everything is relative and subjective these days, apparently. But I'm uh, very surprised. Just looking at, even just looking at like the history of European countries, period, and the business they've had in Africa. So it's pretty interesting that typically I have an idea of like when old people, like old people, carry these mentalities throughout them. That's why I hate like old people in government now. So I'm like, uh, you were still around in the '60s and '50s, and you thought this way. Yes. And so to hear that the queen was actually on the right side of, of a moment is uh, surprising is the only way I could say it. <laughs> I've actually, uh, so the, the series I just ran on the Black History page the other day, like on like learning what people, um, like everybody just chimed in on like, how they grew up with their histories. And so there were some people that, that were from the UK that chimed in and they were saying, hey, we never learned shit about the, you know, the, your, the imperialism that we and all the that they created, the yeah, and everything that they you know fucked up, and especially in Africa, and so I'm automatically like, all right, that makes sense. Like you, we don't know the American shit, and I would expect that you, like, who wants to talk about that? Hey, guys, we conquered like half the world, <laughs> and so yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we fucked humble up brag, stuff. humble brag, humble brag. <laughs> but um, so yeah, completely, hugely. Hugely surprising, but when you look down in these countries, and largely I focus on the U.S. and and I know we'll get into it a bit, but like the bit I do know about Africa and the histories, the systems that they in place were like geniusly evil, you know, yeah. for for their benefit, right? Absolutely. For the colonized benefit. So hearing that she was on the the good side is hugely like. Hmm. And guess uh, which side this administration was on. Oh, yeah. That shit. <laughs> so at the same time that uh, Trump and Stephen Miller and uh, Steve Bannon were banning Muslim, Muslim countries like Sudan, Syria, uh, basically all brown countries. All brown. Yep. Exactly. And who was he trying to give uh, refuge to? So I don't know if you know about this, but South Africa just started. Oh, the Africans. Yes. They the started land taking, redistribution. Exactly. Right? Yeah. They started taking. So basically, if. Let's say that Palestine, all of a sudden they recognized all the Palestinian uh, territories that they had been occupying. They came over the agreement. This is the date you were evicted, motherfucker. Like, we won this shit. So back to a place that actually did defeat the apartheid, South Africa. These farmers that were – their farm was taken over by these white guys, these imperialists, these colonizers. They came onto their land and they said, yo, you got a certain amount of years now. You can, you can live on this farm, but we're taking it back. 
We take it. They gave him. Uh, they gave him a grace period, which I thought was like really nice. And uh, yeah, they took it back. So Trump, the Trump administration gave open arms. They were like, no, you're refugees. That's so wrong that they're kicking you off your land. You can come to America. Yeah, and that's the and that's the why. That's and I know there's a huge huge part of the our society, especially that's like, oh, that's fucked up. You can't take somebody's land and house. But I'm like, there's a history that goes behind how they acquired it. Like, Absolutely. And so when we can't, and so that's for me, like, the history is the most. I think I just saw a headline or a thing the other day of, like, one of Britain's, like, great museums is, like, 80% theft. You know, eight, upwards of over 80%. Oh, yeah, most museums. And, 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 yeah, most museums are, but they were just not, they were finally acknowledging that fact of how much shit that they had you know, is from the colonization and imperialistic era. And so Absolutely. I, like, I don't even comment on a lot of the pages, but I um, I think it's like it was a history page, like maybe history cool kids or something. And it was like, hey, Killmonger said it first. Killmonger tried to tell y'all. And like, yeah, we need yeah. more of those. We need more Killmongers. Because like, to be honest, man, I love Europeans and I love European art. I love what they've contributed to the world. But it's a it's a small fraction to what brown people over the world have done, and brown colonies, uh, colonies and ancient civilizations, even in Central America, South America, Africa, all these, the the Aboriginals in Australia, they're everywhere, Dude. everywhere, just, everywhere. Yes, I just read this morning. I didn't know the Iroquois natives invented lacrosse. They did. They did. And uh, yeah, we've talked about it before on the show. Um, people in the Middle East, Iraq, they came up with the abacus. They came up with syringe needles. Basically, science was found in the Middle East. And then we always have the uh, audacity to uh, to whitewash everything, to make it seem yeah, like, like down. only one shade of skin color created everything. And, it's, yeah. and that's why we have to give thanks to pages like yours, which we're going to get to right now. Oh my god, what is that? What the fuck did I say? Again, this is Big Case. This is Big Case. I got a few questions for him. Right now, we're going to get into Black Art Stories. We're going to continue what we were talking about before. He curates a page. He created a page, which now has over 41,000 followers. Shout out to that. I did like a brief consultation with him. I can't take full credit for that, but I definitely <laughs> am so happy. I was like, I know, now I'm going to put it on my resume. I'm going to be like this. Yeah. And now you gotta yeah. be going like now I gotta start charging motherfuckers. I gotta be like, yo, this motherfucker just blew up. No, it's great. It's a fantastic page. I I follow it religiously. It's so great. Um you touch on things. So like basically you were I mean, people have been talking about Tulsa for a while. You talked about it before, Watchmen, and you talked about it before um Lovecraft Country, one of my favorite shows. And now, now I think I saw this comedian. I think I forgot who it was. And he was just like, oh, no, it was one of my friends. He was like, I, I love that white people know about Tulsa now. But now I got a little bit of Tulsa fatigue. <laughs> I'm, I'm proud of white America. I'm, I'm happy for y'all. But could we? Could I, yeah, exactly. You know, Trump now knows about it. Like, it's kind of like it's kind of like if you're like a teenager and you're like, oh, man. Right, I love this artist. I love this artist. Like, and Dad goes, "Yeah, that's my favorite artist." Too. No, never mind. It's not that cool anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, so anyway, please yeah. tell us how you came. Like, yeah, you have a podcast about it now. Tell us how this all came to be. Tell us the story of Black Art Story. Uh, yeah, last year, um, uh, this was a complete accident, and uh, I was literally just talking to. My guy, KC, who runs the bodega, the candy bodega, and I was uh, telling him the other day, I was like, because he was like, bro, could you imagine here we are a year later and like, you're successful in black history and I'm, I'm successful with candy. 
He's like, could you imagine that we're here? And I was like, no, this isn't what I want. Like, I didn't, I didn't want this, Scott. This isn't. This, I was happy with the 100 people that were. We were just, you know, it was just cool back then. So, but uh, yeah, it started with John Singleton, man, the great late, the late great John Singleton, man. And uh, when he died, I, this is somebody I didn't know. I, I guess that's that's how you know the impact of people because it's not like I followed John Singleton. I didn't listen to him religiously off the. I just knew his craft. I knew his work. I knew his stories. You watch Snowfall. I don't mean to interrupt. Oh my god, amazing! Oh. I, I don't know where the fuck this next season is. I've been waiting. Oh, Franklin, that's my dog. Okay. Oh, Frank, oh, he's an amazing. Matter of fact, the scene where he's like, uh, he tells what's the name to pull over, and he's like, "Cause you don't like like that scene made me watch the show. I I had I when his girl became the crackhead, like, I almost cried. Hey. Oh, oh man, man. almost crazy. Uh, the uncle, the uncle. The, the, I mean, the, everything about the show. Is the perfect show, man. It's so good. It's um, flawless. It's I flawless. need the next season to drop, man. But uh, yeah, yeah so R&P to John Singleton, and yes, you did start right. up with that, and he had heart uh, vascular <clears throat> problems. Uh, we actually did a video on that when I worked at Brute. They did something about the barbershop that checks your blood pressure, and it was an inspiration because of what happened to John Singleton, because a man. lot of you know black wealth, black health, a lot of uh, black wellness. Uh, concentrates on, again, there's a lot of high blood pressure, all that good stuff, so you got to check that out early. But get back to your yeah. inspiration. Yeah, absolutely, man. Uh, health and wealth, man. Health and fucking wealth, especially if you're an African-American, man. Yes. But uh, recipes to chat with, too. Uh, they're, about to, they're doing an investigation on three hospitals because of a lot of black people uh, dying, pretty much, from this COVID. And, they and, and a lot of that. Practice. And, a, and you, you'd be a lot of that, man. People would be surprised how much that's tied into history, man. I was uh, like, a, even in New Orleans, like the, there's a there's a neighborhood in New Orleans where the amount of black people that live there are dying exponentially more due to COVID, or they're being infected exponentially more. Well, across the United States, yeah, and even across the United States, but and this particular one is because, like historically, they, they were uh, gentrified into this neighborhood. They were forced into this area, which was by like a gas plant that they were building on the. So the gas plant has been making this shit or whatever they're making forever, and then that got into lungs over time, which now you uh, maximize, you know, maximize with COVID. And so this particular neighborhood, based on, you know, they tied it all the way back to post-slavery days. And so, but regardless of that, um, so yeah, and for me, it's because of things like that, you know, the situation where I was like, I didn't know John John Singleton from shit, and I was like, who's gonna tell who's gonna tell these stories now? Like who's like we still got Spike, thankfully I got it, but like, and we got Jordan Peele now, but he's doing it in a, in his own way. Um, we got the great uh, Steve McQueen. You we're know, right, uh, Baby Boy Part Two. <laughs> what more? Do that's you what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying. I'm joking. Keep going. I hope it's not like Belly Two, but if we. Oh no! Oh no! Yeah, I forgot about that. that was really good. Uh, Steve McQueen. Uh, I just watched Queen and Slim last week. Finally, it was incredible. Phenomenal. Very slipped off. Dude, it should have got nominated for some stuff, man. I think it did get nominated for screenplay, but that's about it. I hope so. Lena Waithe, uh, she oh, Lena Waithe is great. great. Uh, she's great. You know what I'm saying? I just I found out about her from um, my boy Aziz Ansari's show, yes. uh, Master of None. But I'm still I still watch all her stuff. I'm a big fan. But the way she handled the shy, the way she handled Jason Miller, Jason Mitchell, the guy that played Easy E, she didn't. She heard uh, sexual harassment claims that she didn't do anything about it until the last minute. So really. I'm not going to cancel my homegirl, Lena White, but I did not like that. I did not like that. She is a shit dog. Full circle. It goes back to that conversation we had earlier. Full circle. Like, it's been happening. 
Nothing. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So even a woman, even a woman in power, you know what I'm saying? Like stuff happens. And I'm not saying like, you know, she should be more perfect than anybody else, being in her stature, being someone very relatively new to the Hollywood scene. So I'm going to give her a pass, but that was not cool, man. Because like the woman that was on set said that like she was so threatened by Jason Mitchell and he had gotten in trouble before this, uh, before the shy. And, uh, and she had to bring her boyfriend on set because she was so uncomfortable. So Lena White is uh, one of the producers and creators of the show. She needs to get a handle on that. But anyway, back to you. Back to you. Yes, so, yeah, Queen and Slim. Queen and uh, Slim. It's uh, yeah. And so those that narrative of like you know the, the one that you know black and brown stories are not a monolith, and so we have such such difference. But how all of our present circumstances combined can be traced all the way back to our history to explain certain things. And I was just curious. I'm you know, I'm in Atlanta. I'm in the military and for my job, and so. You know, I tell people all the time I'm not a historian. Like I'm, I'm learning just as much as I'm typing this shit. Like I don't know these stories that I post every day. I'm learning them as I'm putting them together, which is part of the reason why it takes me so long per post. Or post. What's your graduate I'm, degree in? What's your uh, criminology, bro? That's my, oh. my master's. Yeah, my master's in criminology because I always knew I wanted to do intel. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's every right. shit around. And, I, and we salute you for your service, sir. We salute you Thank for your you, service. Man. Veteran in the game. I uh, appreciate that, but I, I needed to make sense of the world. You know, the the George Floyd, the From Slavery to George Floyd. Post. Oh, please, please, I, mention I, I, that real quick. Mention that book. It's tied into the podcast. It's tied, It's actually the first post mm-hmm. on your Black Art story. Please get into the book, that, which was a huge success on Amazon. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, 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 it blew up. And so I was actually working on that uh, two and a half years ago, before this page. So please uh, tell us the title. Sorry, I didn't tell the whole title. Uh, it's called The List uh, from Slavery to George Floyd. It's an ebook right now. But you're get it on Amazon, person. please. Get it on Amazon. It's only five bucks, but you're the you're the first person I think I'm announcing to that I'm actually going to drop the book. Like a hard, I want people to be able to have. Something. Yeah, dope, dope. And so, um, uh, so yeah, it was like so that was inspired by coincident enough Kaepernick. And so once when the Kaepernick protests were going on and. and when he was taking the knee and everything. And I would see, and back then I was heavy on, I was hugely on Facebook at that point, not anymore, but, um, Oh yeah. I was Thank God there's no 150 characters on Facebook. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man. And I was seeing the comments of people, you know, comments of America, like either purposefully or ignorantly not wanting to understand why Kaepernick was taking the knee. Right. Even after, like, hey, a military guy, green asked beret, him to take a green knee. beret yeah. guy, yep. the green beret, you know, asked him to take a knee, and I've been, a lot, I've been a part of a few military funerals, unfortunately, and the knee is symbolic. So you hand the flag to uh, the wife or the mother. Um, you take the knee in front of them. The soldier does takes the knee in front of them and gives them the folded flag after it's been folded at the burial site. Just like a Kevin Bacon movie. Keep going. Yeah. <laughs> and so the the narrative that was being spun around, then you fast forward to the Super Bowl with Beyonce and everybody when she did the uh the Black Panther. That's right, that's right, the blackout. That's right. Yeah, I saw Black Panther was the KKK and blah, blah, blah. And I've had I've had people reach out to my page. Mad ignorant know, when people say that. Mad ignorant. Yeah. And so that those conversations is what led to the list. And I said, All right, man, fuck this. I need to be able to for myself first, I need to be able to understand um, so it started with, like, I took the Kaepernick thing. Okay, he did it during the National Anthem. All right, let me learn about the National Anthem because I don't fucking know about it. 
Actually, that's probably tomorrow's post. Is the national nice. So I was like, I don't know about the national. This was me two years ago before any of this Black Hawk story shit. Learned about the national anthem. Oh shit, guy who wrote the national anthem, Francis Scott Key, big time slave owner. Okay. And so, oh, let me learn about where it came from, the Battle of Fort McHenry in Maryland. So he's watching this this fort get fucking blown up from the ship, wakes up the next morning, and the American flag is still waving. And so, like, the, the English are fucking up this U.S. fort, and the American flag is still waving. Still waving. And that's what inspires him to write in defense of Fort McHenry, which is then changed into, like, a song lyrics. And as the standards. Are you sure stand. you're not a historian? Are you sure? No, I'm joking. I'm doing, yeah, I'm on. Awesome. Yeah. And so, yeah, a lot of people don't know there's four stanzas to that song. We only sing two. And so the third stanza is the racist part of the stanza where he talks about um, seeing uh, slaves. So at that time, like, Maryland had a shit ton. We're talking at this point, there's probably like at least over 3 million uh, enslaved people in there. They still can't yeah. make up their mind if they're from the north or the south, Maryland. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah, those border states had issues as well. So, uh, and so he's laughing. There's a verse in the third stanza where he basically laughs and jokes at the enslaved people who are trying to escape. So they're taking advantage of the war and the bombs and shit being fucked up, and they're like, yo, this is the time to go right fucking now while nobody's paying attention. And so while those enslaved leave those plantations and they're trying to run up north because they knew if they could get to the British, the British were freeing black people. If you work for us, we'll free you. We'll either mm-hmm. take you back to England or we'll free you in other our territories. Like, like, fuck that, route. <laughs> some of them never made it. So some of them were killed in that journey trying to do that. And so the third stanza jokes about, uh, about those ones that didn't make it, you know, while they're trying to, and it doesn't say it explicitly. It's just historically been proven like that's what this line meant. And so those are, these are the stanzas that we've never sung. We've never been taught. But this is the entirety of the national anthem. And I'm like, okay, so how can I make this understandable to you saying that this particular song was chosen to take a knee against police brutality, which has been going on since the beginning of time, to this particular diss track to black people? The national anthem is a diss track to black people. It pretty much is, yeah. And it's you don't, even need, you don't even need Kate Smith to sing it. Yes. No, <laughs> you don't. Or Earth or Fergie with the, you know. I know, right? Yeah. Doing new octaves we never heard of. Yeah. And uh, that was the beginning of it, man. And it, and the breadcrumbs continually, and then it just I just kept going back further because everything just started to connect after that. And so, uh, you know, a year later, um, it blew up. Uh, I knew it was dope. I told my boys before I dropped it, I said, you know, I just dropped the greatest history of all time. Coincidentally, nobody knows. I dropped it two years ago on, on Facebook. So when I was doing all my Facebook rants back in the day, I, not to this depth, but I definitely uh, – I dropped like a miniature version of it, yeah. and it like did it did some it, it did some it did make some waves. A little pilot, a little a little test. Um, and I didn't think it, it would ever come back. I never had use for it, but I just I told my boys I was like, I just dropped crazy shit. I don't know what's gonna crazy happen. Shit, but, I love it. Yeah, I was like, and I said that, and I think like I don't know a few hours later, one of the homies came back. I didn't pay attention to it anymore. I just dropped and roll. I get out of it, and he was like, bro, this shit's going crazy, and it just. And I saw it, and, and Chance the Rapper said something. And like, that was so cool. Ray Allen posted it on his page. And so, uh, you know, the blue checks are, are cool, and that, obviously that pushed, you know, a narrative. Um, nobody knows. This. I'm the first time I'm sharing this with you. Oh, obviously my wife and homies know, but you're the first person that knows. So I talked to LeBron James at school. 
Uh, I promise. That's right. Uh, yeah, so I talked to LeBron James, is, uh, one of the, um, like, I thought you were about to, I thought you would tell us you got verified. I'm like, finally. <laughs> no, I actually tried to. I did. I, I did try I know, to. I've been rejected myself. I've been, <laughs> yeah. I've been rejected myself. They're very hardcore yeah. with that shit. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, LeBron James is cool. They have it. I don't know if, uh, but then, you know, COVID and the bubble hit. So it was a perfect, it was it was just before the NBA decided that they were going to start back up and get the bubble going. But the idea at that time was like, hey, we'll, we'll look it over. Definitely. This is, we we're trying to integrate more black history, especially. Into, it was like the representative for the LeBron James Foundation. Yeah. I was in uh, talks with, we had a Zoom call, uh, passed it on to them. And they were like, yeah. okay, we'll keep it and then we'll see, you know, if we want to go further. But then the NBA season started and I was like, Ugh. I'm uh, like, LeBron's not included. And now, right. And now you're on the bubble. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, yeah, man, it was awesome, man. And now I'm just constantly getting people uh, every day that come to the page, man, and they're, they're super appreciative. And, um, I feel blessed. I'm humbled by the fact that I'm, I have white people all the time tell me, like, it's not my responsibility to, like, educate you. And I'm like, yeah, but who is? I know it's not my job. It's not my responsibility, but who's at least going to tell you the right one? I'm not going to let Hollywood do it. I'm not going to let, like, I, I get you have to go out of your way to learn it, but you got to know where to start. So at least let me give you somewhere to start. Right. Well, selfishly, I want you to continue because I learn a lot every day when I when I look at it. Um, I have different emotions when I read it. Actually, sometimes I'm very impressed. Sometimes I'm embarrassed. Sometimes, yeah, because I'm just like, how did I not know this? Like, or sometimes I'm angry because I'm just like, why was this hidden from me? It's not just Tulsa. Like, we, that's like the tip of the iceberg. Like, there's just so many inventors. Um, people that contributed to society, inventions, all time. I, mean, I said inventions twice, uh, <laughs> patents, all types of things that have happened in this country. Like you said, the HSBCU. Um, I know that they talked about it in the Platinum Plan recently, but some people just say it. Some people just go, H- like HBCU, and they don't even know who it is. Hampton, Spellman, which I got it wrong, one of the episodes, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I commend you, man. I commend you full force, man. It's such a very vital page, man. It needs to be there. It needs to be there. I, I usually appreciate it, man. And you're, and you're from, you know, you're New York. And I know I talked to Brandon about I'm like, bro, you're from um, Harlem, like the bedrock of black you know, it's like a page. You guys were right. History. It's like it's like a paragraph in history books. You know? It's terrible. It's and, it's and yeah, and it was it was it was amazing to hear how little he you know black history that he had gotten. You know, and I you know, I get it, it's public school, but then even have so many people that hit me up from New York that were like, "Yo, we learned about this, this, and this." And I'm like, "Damn!" Like, and I was talking to Brandon last week, and I'm like, "Bro, this person from New York learned so much more shit than you learned in the same city." And like, and that blew my mind, you know, like the differences. I'm like, or you know, I know you went to a magnet school. Not was it magnet school? I went to a charter school. No, I definitely didn't learn a lot of Black history though. That definitely happened in college. That was with you guys, like going to Triple AS and being around. I didn't even go to those classes, but you guys would talk a lot about Dixon File, Aware, all those guys. And um, I was just around you guys. I was just around you guys a lot, so I absorbed whatever. When you guys went on trips to Africa and stuff like that, I just. It, it just really fascinated me because I, I'm, I was missing a lot and I was, I was getting enlightened. I was very ignorant in college and even before that. So like when you guys would oh. bring up, bring other, the, yeah, when you would bring the world to my front door, it was very beneficial. Were y'all getting, were y'all getting, uh, man, New York has such like a huge black history. Like, I mean, like dude, one, I just found out Manhattan was Native American. By the way. I didn't know yeah. that. Was Native American tribe, but one of the first black, uh, Seneca village. From, 
like a village, man. Like, yeah, right there in Central Park, man. And I'm just that like, I learned after co- that that I learned after college, actually. That's shameful. And not, it's, but it's not. But it's like, where are you going to learn it from? That's what you I'm saying. Like, like, they tied it all the time. Um, Wall Street was one of the first auctions. Was one of the auction first. Blocks, uh, yeah. yeah, auction blocks for slaves. It was right down the street. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? The Statue same of Liberty. Man. Bring it. Yeah. Like, it's so embedded. It's so embedded yeah. in our history. So it's like, that's why I'm, like, angry sometimes. I'm like, why are you hiding it? Like, what's going on here? Like, mm-hmm. this should happen. This should happen. And, and I mentioned this before. Like, in um, in Germany, they have streets named after Holocaust victims. Mm-hmm. Over here, we have Confederate flags and soldiers. Like, we, we're, like, one of the only countries that glorifies the loser. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, history is not written by the victor. Like, right? Except like for it. when it's on the Civil War. <laughs> Everybody else, right? Yeah. the British. <laughs> Bro, when I went to, so I went to, I, I've never been, you know, I'm a Southerner through and through. My first time in the North, uh, I don't count college because that's the Midwest, but like Northeast, where y'all are, was just two years ago Christmas. I, I know, man. Incognito, man. I was like, hold up. I'm looking at his store. I'm like, is he in New York? Bro, I was there. I was there for a day and a half. I was in Pittsburgh. Uh, my wife had graduated, and then we took a train. My first time ever taking a train. We took wow. a train. I wanted oh, to take Amtrak, a train. I, I, yeah, I took an Amtrak. So because we don't have that shit. I mean, there's some shit down here, Greyhound and shit, but we got yeah. Megabus south. But I'm like, probably got a discount uh, too because they just had a crash uh, right around that time. A really big crash. Uh, shit, I didn't even know, bro. If I would have known, I'd be like, ah. like. So man, yeah, man. my first time taking a train, I'm looking out the window like a big ass kid, and then when we pulled up in like the whatever station where you get out of Madison Square Gardens, like right there, Penn Station, Penn, Penn Station. Station. You know, so these are this is my first time as a grown ass man finally visiting and seeing the North for the first time, and now that I get to see the history and I see the history of these places and how they came about. And so when I went to Harlem, I see like Malcolm X Boulevard. My very first time in life seeing Malcolm X on the streets. Douglas Boulevard, all those things, man. Yeah, all these names. Like we have, there's a Malcolm X Boulevard in Dallas and I was blown away. I'm like, whoa, that's the first time I've ever seen it in the South. Like, and just to be like, and that may be everywhere, I don't know, but just where I've been, I've never seen it. Hopefully, it's, seen it. to, hopefully it's not next to Jerry Jones Boulevard, hopefully. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, and so, and, and just, you guys are so inundated by, like, black history, and, I, and I'm not saying you're inundated, right? no, we, we're not, we don't get even enough at all. From a southerner's view, from a southerner's Langston, view. There's a Langston Hughes library in Queens, and they barely talk about him, too, and he's so influential. I learned about W.D. Uh, du Bois. When I went to uh, down south to the Civil Rights Museum in Tennessee, I did not know that much about him. So it's like you're coming down here to learn, and I'm going up there to see some someday. Yeah, like, yeah, we have the Renaissance, and we have yeah because of all the the refugees that came from the south, you know, obviously. And you touched on that with the interview with Brandon and through your historical post. But yeah, no, even with that, even though mad people from slavery, from the antebellum South, came to New York, you would think that those stories would be passed down. No, they've been they've been suppressed. Yeah, 100%. And, and a lot of it, too, is I wonder, and obviously I'm not Hispanic, but I often wonder, like... I look at her, so I count. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> I'm joking. Ambiguous. I'll, re- I'll represent for Latinx today. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I've often heard of their stories, you know, when they when they migrate here, they get they get here, and but they want their children to be very like learn everything you can about America. Yeah, you know, like yeah, makes sense. in order to be successful, the idea that you need to speak English, the idea that you need it makes to sense for the time at least. Yes, yeah, integrate yourself and not necessarily forget these stories. Like we'll keep these traditions at home, but that's where it stops. Right? But you see so, how you see how hyper. Uh, 
people are about uh, uh, patriotism, that, that again, that makes sense because, dude, there's people that are willing to kill you for not speaking their language. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, I was just reading a Bell Hooks um, comment last night that she said patriotism and sameness is, is put together in this country. And so, and by sameness, I mean, like, the comment I had from a coworker the other day when he was like, oh, we, we got people that want to come to this country and live and, and be Americans, and they need to learn English. They need to learn what America means. And I was like, bro, America doesn't have a culture. There is no American culture. There's 332 million people here that are so diverse from race, sex, religion. Like, we're, this is a huge place with so much diversity. There is no American culture. Technically, Spanish, if you had to – yeah, you're right. We have no language. As a matter of fact, officially, we don't have a language. It's actually – if you look it up, we do not have official language, the U.S. We're like one of the only countries that does not have an official language. And if you really wanted to get down and dirty, 33% last time I checked, a third of the country is Latino. Uh, that means Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> That's the number one language. So when you say, like, yeah, learn, like, yeah, well, get with it. <laughs> yeah. At one point, there's going to be more people speaking Spanish in this country than anything else. I give it 20 years. Minimum. Yeah, I think it was like 2050 or 2060, 20, yeah. and then, and we're, I think we're the only people that travel to other places and get mad when they don't speak English. Like, motherfucker, you came here. I know. Like, exactly. Is anybody here speaking English? No, just you. <laughs> but everybody else, but everybody else is so other bilingual and trilingual. Like, we're the only people that know one language. It sucked. Like, it was like it's another thing I'm ashamed of. Like how, and I and I just started trying to pick up Spanish again. So I'm in a I'm in a decent level now, and a little level with Italian. But you're right. I'm ashamed. I'm from one of the best countries in the world. How the hell am I not trilingual? Like, how the hell am I so far behind my other peers in other countries? I, 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 and not, and you know what? I'm not even ashamed that we feel like that. I'm ashamed that other people don't feel like that in this country, and that's why it's not prioritized. But whatever. Yeah. Uh, but let's get on to something that you actually help directly, not just through the history of Black Art Story. You educate us. You do a fine job of doing that. Let's get on to your other vertical. Uh, where you help with Project Help uh, at yeah, uh, San Antonio, where you first started, and now you help out with Project Help Atlanta. Tell us how you got involved with that. Tell us what you're doing, what the initiatives are, and what you plan to do in the future. Uh, yeah, man, I, uh, uh, Project Help. Um, help stands for its an acronym, so it stands for Humanity Show that Involved. Shirt. Show that shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, right. yeah. This, right. this is the black on yellow, but, yes. Yeah, Beautiful. Um, it stands for humanity, evolves from loving people. Uh, me and my co-founder, Alex, man, um, shout out to him, man. We, um, I had known this guy at the time that we created this. I had known that guy like maybe four months, you know, and so in the past few years, I realized that it's not about how long you've known somebody. It's just about the connection and the vibe that you, you have with somebody and you can build something dope. And so sat at a restaurant for like six hours. It's like, man, we got to do more for the city, blah, blah. And then uh, called each other later on that night and Project Hell became a thing. And we had a house party at my place with like maybe nine or ten people. And I'm like, hey, man, we're just going to make it. Pre-COVID, pre-COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID. Yeah, pre- <laughs> this was last year. And, uh, so we had like nine, ten folks over. Made, I don't know. Not, I don't even know if we made 100 sandwiches. It might have been 50 sandwiches at that point, man. You guys do make a lot of sandwiches. And you made me really uh, watch those posts. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Went downtown the next day, man. My biggest fear was that, like, I'm like, whenever you're looking for homeless people, you can never find them. And it was my biggest fear, man. And so we didn't know really know where they were. So, and when you live in a city, you don't go downtown like tourists do. So I didn't really know the downtown like that. So fast forward a year later, man, and now we have Project Help in Atlanta. Uh, my guy, Danny, he runs that. Um, he's from Indianapolis, actually, so he moved to uh, Atlanta. So 
Uh, he runs that, and it's our first sister city. And then we got a couple more cities, people that are interested. So the goal is to, I mean, at minimum, I, w- I would love to expand this to like ten more cities. Man, we're just people that we love to have a good time, we love to drink, we love to party. I don't want to be anything different. I want to be who we are, but we can still be charitable while we're doing it. You know, exactly. I can get people to come over for a house party to drink and, and vibe. I can get you to make some sandwiches too, and wake up in the next morning and really bless some folks. So it's it's been beautiful, man. We would. Um, do you usually the people that party? Do you um, do they usually help out the next day, or are they just helping with the prep mostly? Uh, we've we've had we uh, they definitely both. So the people that come to the parties and uh, the house parties and they come and we we bring in a DJ. So by Zoom we were doing it by Zoom, so my DJ taps in on Zoom. So um, and so yeah, they come the next morning too, and uh, we go out and we, we hit our spots. We've got about eight spots that we hit, man. We've been doing it so long. That's where the home the homeless less fortunate they know who we are. So when we pull up, man, it's always love. It smiles. We talk to them. We, you know, we've gotten personal with some of them as well. Um, we've gotten some really crazy perspectives on not only life in general, but just on homelessness, you know, and 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 these expectations that we have of like people that are out on these streets and so, but they're more freer than we could ever be, you know, and so and they're and they're and they're okay with that, you know. There's definitely places in the city that we have that would take them in if they wanted to. Um, you know, and it's not like they, and they're not even out on the street corners begging. They're just hanging out at parks and just enjoying, I guess, the joy, you know, whatever, whatever they're going, whatever it is. And so, and who am I to judge, right? But we've had some moments too. Try to give some ice some water. And like, no, you don't have no whiskey. No, bro. That's you got water. Nice that's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm good. I'm not one. Got to appreciate the honesty. Uh, on to a little bit of recreational. Uh, you are a huge Tampa Bay Bucks fan, and your wife, shout out to her. You guys had a beautiful wedding. I'm a big fan of both of you. Um, and she is a New Orleans Saints fan, uh, Drew Green, uh, with a fractured rib. Kind of bad yeah. timing. You should have broke it during the Tampa Bay game, right? Yeah, I, yeah, I told her. I was like, <laughs> terrible by the time. But, uh, and, yeah, we get we get divorced twice a year. So it's true, it's true. And but each time you end up washing dishes, dishes though. So ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. She uh, they were clean though too, man. You were you you were you were pretty pissed. They were you see the reflection on that from from the story actually. You can see. Yeah, how did that go? How does having a, a a bitter rivalry like that? I fuck you know I hate Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. I'm a lowly Jets fan. I've never, I've never dated somebody, or, or I've never been married, but I've never dated someone that had such a passion for another team, and as much as you do. So how does that feel? That's great. It's pretty cool, man. It's definitely she gets in. She, she actually got me more. Uh, I don't say more into college. Like I, I, I watched NFL forever, but um, she's a huge LSU fan, so she took me to my first. Because of my you know, college. Or, yeah, let's say. So yeah. So yeah, we went to LSU in Florida because I was a big Gators fan growing up. Just that proximity. That's right. That's and right. so they actually like hook real Gator in their tailgates, and I'm like, y'all like country is hell. <laughs> so the, the, uh, Tebow, yeah. the Tebow special. <laughs> yeah, so it's dope when we can go back and forth, man. I can clown her. She's got Jameis now, even though he didn't play today. But I'm like, shit. Oh, uh, Tatum Hill, right? Tatum Hill. Yeah, yeah. So this tweet, and it said, when you're a white quarterback. There's always opportunities. <laughs> there's always a job somewhere. Yeah, which is which is clear, man. It's clear. Uh, there's some there's some people on a roster that I'm like, Kaepernick still no nobody. Okay, no, Dallas man. Cowboys. I'm gonna put a 30 year old guy that barely plays. He calls him Steve Young. Uh, Freaking Sean Payton. We're not a sports program, but I love sports. 
And yeah, Sean Payton, I don't know what he's doing. That, that's crazy. Did they win? Did they they, they play today? Right? They did, yeah. I mean, they played the Falcons. They're 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 scheduling cookie cutter man. Yeah, playing that right now. So I mean, it, it, it was a bad time he went out because it's close to the playoffs, but it's a good time because they, they don't really have one. So but it's been fun, man. We talk a lot of shit back and forth, man. Uh, she's not a gambler, so I ain't. But we just I am. Watch <laughs> yeah. It's it's bad economics to have both spouses. Gamblers, so you got to pick one. You got to pick one. Yeah, we actually were supposed to go to the game. The very first game of the season was was the Brady uh, Breeze Bowl uh, this season, and then uh, COVID canceled it, and we had to get a refund and all that. So that was going to be pretty sad. Before we move on, do you enjoy having Tom Brady and Gronkowski on your team now? Uh, I do. Uh, yeah, given our history, uh, I mean, I'm not a. I'm for the for the audience. I'm like a born in Tampa. I'm a I'm a fan since 86. He is, he is, he is. And so this isn't like a bandwagon thing for me, but I've seen our long length of failures, and we haven't been to the playoffs since 2012. So uh, this is the best offense we've had. So usually our defense has held us up. But Was that with Gruden when you guys made it in 2012? Uh, well, that was playoffs. We won in 2002. Uh, uh, so that, was, that was Gruden. That was coming off Tony Dungy, and then Gruden won it his first year. So uh, that was like Derek Brooks, Warren Sapp. That was that. Yeah, but twenty twelve. Oh yeah, so that was that was uh, Gruden, right? No, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, that was Gruden. That was, was first. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because Tony Dungy went to the Colts. Uh, so really, we give that Super Bowl to Tony Dungy because he built the team. I totally agree. Gruden kind of he did build. Yeah, Gruden. Yeah, he came in like Steve Kerr and got all the. And that was messed up too. It was uh, they got wind that John Gruden was available. The uh, what's his name? Uh, the owners. I don't even think they own it anymore. Glazers, yeah, the, the Glazers, Glazers uh, yeah. and they own uh, the Manchester United as well. But um, oh, shit, didn't know that. Yeah, I think it's Manchester. No, not Man. Is it Manchester? They own a they own a really big club. I know that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, once uh, the availability came around for John Gruden. You take like a Hall of Fame coach like Tony Dungeon and just like see you, bro. We're gonna go trade yeah. trade for him. Not even like wait for him to be on the market. They traded for him. That was fun yeah. though. We did the same thing to Lovey Smith too. That's we gave well, him. Well, Lovey Smith is not that great of a coach, but I get you though. <laughs> <laughs> they gave him. They gave him one year. So that same comment you just said, you got a white quarterback. Same thing for a white coach too. You get a lot. Oh, of you're right. You're right. No, and Lovey Smith definitely deserved opportunities and multiple opportunities. He was part of the Rams team. He was part of the Bears team with their defense. And obviously the defense with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or Raheem Morris. Yeah, no, I, I, I know, I know, I know. I like um, Raheem, man. So, yeah, man. So, it's it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm definitely uh, not excited. I, I reserve my reservation there. If we make it to the playoffs, that's all I can ask for. Sure. Right, just told me the other day that nosebleed seats for the Super Bowl are $10,000, and I'm like – Oh man, that's like a PSL, man. That's all, that is crazy. Holy shit! I don't know shit. if I can find that. It's in Tampa, so the stars are lining. Nice. So uh, let's talk about um, your fraternity real quick. Are you still involved? Do you still? Well, not still. You're always for life. I, I, you knew I was quite yeah, out the data. Again. But like you were always. Uh, no, I, that, that was a big thing. I one of the first times I met you, I saw you with the cane actually, and I used to go to those parties with <laughs> the jungle juice and all that and the lines. That was the first time I ever saw that kind of stuff. And my dad was a Q-Dog. I didn't even know that until I came back from Indiana and I told him about all this. I was like, yeah, there's, like, fraternities and sororities everywhere. There's, like, a fraternity and sorority for every group of people. 
like it's not like just like varsity blues and shit like that. It's not like <laughs> um and yeah, my dad was like, Yeah, I was a Q dog, blah blah blah. So I learned that about him. And yeah, no, you gave me a big appreciation, especially for the non neopanalytic, for the black freaking um for the minority called I you taught me a lot. Not just you, but the people on campus just living their lives. And I, I really appreciate it. Oh man, uh, that's 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 huge, man. Because I was I was learning all that stuff. You know, I didn't know anything about it either growing up. So I was just tell the audience what fraternity you're in. in. Tell the audience what fraternity. Cap outside, baby. That's right. Cap outside. Very famous. Yeah, cap outside, man. So shout out to any noobs that's listening, man. But um, yeah, man, it was it was just really some some guys that really uh. Took took us in as like young younger like they didn't even they didn't push us in any direction at all they didn't even tell us that anything I didn't find out until months later that they were friends and so and um so that just brotherhood and I'm the grew up the only child so to have a bond with some people that I can be close with and so I was learning what it meant to be and I was learning all that fraternity shit when I first got into too like my uncle's a Q as well branded and everything it would be you know. I, I didn't realize none of that shit until I was like, oh, that's a thing. And so even then, before I went to college, my mom was like, you're going to be, I think, Stomp Yard or something was out back then. And my mom was going to be doing all that in college. And I was like, get out of here. Get out of here. I love your mom, by the way. Shout out to her. She's really, really funny on your story. When you guys take shots, man, I, like, cry. It's hilarious. Oh, man. <laughs> it, took us, it took us 30 years to get there, man. Oh, good. Yeah, Whatever, man. Relationships. That's good. That's good, man. Good. You raised a great guy, man. Yeah, man, I'm not a – me and a, a lot of the older, you know, the, the a lot of the older cats, a lot of the older kids, we still have group chats and everything. We still check in uh, with each other. But um, not here in San Antonio, man. Here I'm just really focused on you know, uh, I feel uh, you. I know it's, it, it sounds cliche to be like, man, I'm always busy. But, like, you are. This, you this are. shit's a – I didn't realize. Like a non-profit job is really like a full – it's a full – You need um you need an intern. <laughs> I have an intern for social media. You need one too, bro. You no need shit, more, more yeah, than me. I, yeah, you need people. You need like a community manager. I used to be a community manager, but you need someone to get up in those DMs and uh, or even reply to people. Yeah, dude, there's people. Yeah. That, and even like I said, inter, there's people that will intern for that. Even though I'm not a big fan of doing things for free, but yeah, sounds like that's what you need. <laughs> <in> your budget, <laughs> man. When so when the list blew up, when the, when the list went viral and people like wanted their own copy, I I had to give I had to give my wife. I was like, yo. I have my my personal DMs and the Black History DMs. They're like, I I should you not. She's in the medical field. Like, I know that she was also a, yeah, she's, she's also a like, veteran, but she's in the medical field too, right? Yeah, she's a nurse. Yeah, she runs a nurse. Yeah, oh, big wow! Damn, shout out to you in the military and her as well. But shout out to her being on the front lines, man, and all these idiots out there. I hear a lot of people like, oh, anti-mask, and that's fine. But the only thing that I'm not fine about is people like your wife. You know what I'm saying? Putting them either in harm's way or taking them away from someone that doesn't need to be going through that. You know what I'm saying? That's that's where I get upset with people being anti-mask. I'm like, I'm not wearing it for just like, you know, just for personal reasons. I'm wearing it for the doctors and the nurses that are inundated with this. They want to go work on something else. They want to go fix another problem. They don't want to just, because of your personal liberties, you, oh, you again? <laughs> like, you're on a ventilator again? What the fuck? Yeah. It says, yeah, selflessness, you know, where do we, how do we get, you know, we're always, we preach selflessness in the country and trying to come together as a country whenever we get hit with a terrorist attack, but that seems to be the extent of it. Yeah. Like all our, our, you know, our hurricane in certain places, like, let's help each other out. It's like, 
I mean, COVID's been fucking saying similar lines of that. Like, let's sure. help each other out. Like, like I saw a, part, a wedding. I think it had 55 people and like, like, in like seven deaths from like a 55 person wedding. And I was like, they just had a, they just closed down a swinger party in New York City yesterday, last night, a swingers party. What? Yeah. What type of mask is going on? There's a, there's a lot of holes in the that. Mask. Yeah, exactly. yeah. <laughs> the bondage mask. Yeah. I, I, used, I used to watch real sex back in the day, man. Ooh, who did it? Who did it? Oh, they're either lying though. They probably if they didn't watch it, they were lying. It's okay. Yeah, that and Taxi Cat. You lied. You watched it. Right. That's, yeah. Oh my God, Taxi Cat confession. So before, uh, so before we wrap up and uh, get into all the platforms we should be looking, uh, real story about uh, uh, Taxi Cat confessions. My dad. <laughs> so I was watching one day and I, I went to school in Jackson Heights. You mentioned my uh, charter school that I went to. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, what's his name? Uh, Connor McCoy went there as well. And so did Danny Sanchez. We, we all came from Bosnia mm-hmm. and all that. And um, so I, I was, so I'm watching the show and I see what I think is a gorgeous woman sitting in the back and um, and it says Jackson Heights. So I'm like, oh, Jackson Heights. And I, and I sit down. I'm like, yeah, that's where I went to high school. And she's hot. Hell yeah. So then um, they start talking, and they're like, yeah, sometimes I, I leave the dildo up there for two hours to keep the cavity open, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and I was young, by the way. I wasn't, like, you know, 34. Like, I think I was maybe, like, 16, 15. I'm just like, what? Why would you have to leave a dildo up your cooch in order to, like, keep the – and I started putting it together. And I'm like, oh, my God. That's a man or whatever, like, you know what I'm saying? At the time, I was just like, so as a sick joke, I heard my dad coming downstairs, and he's he's even a bigger hornball than me. So I was just like this. I was like, oh, I got him. I'm like, yo, look how hot this girl is. And he goes, oh, man. He, like, sits down like, oh, man, yeah. And I'm like, and I, and I was like this. I was like, I'm going to leave right now. I, like, just dipped out. I was like, and then all of a sudden I hear, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Not gonna lie though, she was hot though. She was hot, so she could fool a lot. Of she could fool. But the reason why I say that is because um, I should have known better. Because Jackson Heights, where I went to high school, had the second biggest gay parade in all the city. When I would get off the train, there would be this big purple line the day after the parade. There would be finger poppers all over the floor, condoms all over the floor, lube all over the floor, like just all. Uh, uh, HIV packets, all time. Well, this was like back in the 2000s, so now it's a little bit more yeah. progressive. It's not just, Ooh. yeah, it's all time. Yeah, so, whew, shout out to that show and shout out to Jackson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not giving me fair enough warning. Yeah. You know. <laughs> but again, how um, how do we reach you? What platforms do we should look out for? Are there any other projects you're working on that we want that we all want to know about? Uh, yeah, man, the Black Hour story is still rolling there. Uh, it's just Black underscore Hour, uh, not like time, but like Hour stories, O-U-R story. I love it. Uh, you follow the page there, man. Uh, yeah, it's the Living Museum, so that's why I try to curate it as. And then, uh, Project Help, man, so that's just, uh, Project Help, um, underscore S-A-T-X. So we got our first, um, partnership, man, in the city, man. First big, first big. Like place partnership. We like I said, we've been doing house parties and hours still within COVID rules. But we we got a limited space at yeah, this yeah. really big uh, venue called Chicken and Pickle. Oh, I saw that. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. So I, I don't know what it is. Some 
I hate to put a race on it, but there's a, there's a race. It's like a chicken ball tournament. Or like it's, It looks like okay. you, your wiffle ball with, like, tennis, but it's mixed in with some other. What the fuck? Yeah. But it's it's huge, and people already love it for whatever reason. It's only in certain places. Like, they're founded in Kansas or some shit. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, December Don't 14th. Don't bite the beak that feeds you, homie. You got it, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm thankful they're, they're providing us some space, man. We're going to make some sandwiches and everything again. So you're more than welcome to come, uh, you know, to the folks out there to, to donate, to come down and con- contribute to uh, – uh, we got a website, weareproject.com. So, you know, folks in Atlanta, Atlanta's doing it. Through, so we fly down to – so ours is December 4th and 5th. Um, and then we fly to Atlanta the following week for their event on the 11th. We'll just be two project helps going back to back and forth and helping out the community. Uh, we fed 101 families yesterday, free Thanksgiving meals. Um, so really just trying to get back, man, you know, and really uh, that's a lot of work, but you see people happy, see some people smiling and thankful. You know what I mean? So it makes all of it worth it. So, uh, yeah, man. You're also a poet, so before we go, could you tell us the books that you have written in poetry and where to look for them? Uh, they're all on uh, man, po- Amazon. I bought those man, as well. I Amazon. bought those as well. They're so good. They were very. You're a very great writer, man. Uh, man, thank you. Yeah, the, the, the trilogy is. Uh, I told myself I was never doing one. But, uh, I told myself I want to do three and move on. So write, write the history book with the next. You like the weekend over here? No, no, you don't stop. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can go, you can go on Amazon, man. Um, uh, Love, Lust, Lost. Damn, I forgot the damn books myself. <laughs> uh, Mac Mac Cube Cube is, uh, you can actually just search Marquis Bynum. Huh? That's right. Just That's right. search, uh, Marquis Bynum, but Intro Perspective, uh, is the last one I released. Um, and, or if you just find Intro Perspective, all one word. I know that's not even a word, but I created a word. Uh, but, uh, well, you're a wordsmith. Wordsmiths can do that. Um, you know, feelings got my heart broke at the time, and it turned into poetry. So, uh, sixth grade, good old sixth grade love. Oh, <laughs> wow, sixth grade love. I was about to say something, but then it was going to end up really, really more inappropriate than I am usually. So, there we go. Never mind. All right. So, yes, yeah, so you can find Black Our Story underscore Black, Black underscore Our Story Project Help. Again, Project Atlanta, the new uh, vertical, the new sister program to that. Please go over there to donate. Please go over there to help any way you can. They make sandwiches for the homeless, and they do other things to collaborate with the community. I love it. Again, go check out his books on Amazon. Go check out the historical events that led up to George Floyd. He's going to make a hardcover soon. You can catch us. Or you can catch the Keep Up program on Keep Up NYC on Instagram. You can catch me on Still Insane on everything pretty much, Facebook, wherever you want to find me. Keep Up Shut Up is the Facebook official page. We're also on Patreon. I keep mentioning that, but we're trying to set that up. Maybe you can give us some feedback, audience, of what you want on there, what you would pay for, but I can't figure it out because the YouTube video comes out the same fucking day as the thing, so I can't give you the episode that early. I, I, I'm only one man. I'm only one man. But maybe if you have, if you have Contribute to the, the Patreon. Maybe I can pay somebody to do it. So who knows? We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. We're on Twitch. Um, we have engineers that are on Twitch as well. John of all trades. Um, he just did a podcast episode with someone from Canada. You should go check that out on Sammy and John. Uh, what else? I think that's it. I'm on Twitter. Yeah, before before yes. you go, man, I got to give you your roses, bro. Like I, I know I've told you personally, man, but you were definitely one of the inspirations for, um, I don't, I don't even keep up with the podcast. Like I'm supposed to, that's a podcast. You're a busy, busy guy, bro. I don't expect uh, you to. <laughs> but, but, 
but uh, but you are a direct inspiration and influence, man. So I go to your page, I listen to, you know, and how you you pitch and how you uh, interview and all that. So, um, so with the series that you know, the little black history, you know, trying out the black uh, live story. So, uh, thank you for you giving up your time. I know this shit. I, I can only imagine. I'm putting one post together, and how long it takes me. You're putting week to week to week of content and having to watch 15 movie trash ass movies like The Craft Legacy. <laughs> Just The Craft. <laughs> so uh, let me, as an audience member, say thank you to you and give you your roses because nobody else now is going to watch The Craft because you sacrificed. You died on that cross for them Ouch. and you gave it zero. So, uh, so I'm just, no, I'm, and I'm not even, I'm saying to say you did that for them. You did that for us, the audience. So, well, Bloomhouse, it's okay. They're they're not short on any money. But if you want to watch the original from 1996, it's lit. It's lit. Oh, by the way, Scream Five just finished up filming, and the title of that is Scream. <laughs> <laughs> what, what movie are you before we go? What movie are you looking at up to most, man? 20, next year is going to be crazy. All these movies since everything got pushed back. So well, I'm very happy. One, one. I'm very happy about Wonder Woman, even though that sucks that, like, they won't be. But they're not hurting too bad because, and we should have had this on the uh, the movie segment, but uh, uh, Patty uh, Smith, uh, the director, and HBO and Warner, they're going to put on HBO Max, and they're going to have it in the, uh, theaters. So at first I was like, damn, that was a dud, just like Tenet, blah, blah, blah. But they're focusing the release in China. So they'll make that money. <laughs> And it's like, and the virus is pretty much non-existent over there, at least from what we know from propaganda, who knows. But it seems like it's over. It seems like it's over over there in Wuhan and all that type of shit. But, um, yes, I'm looking forward to movies like that. I'm, yeah, most it sucks because I've had, I, I've had superhero fatigue. But, unfortunately, the biggest blockbusters are going to be that again. So I am looking forward to that. Is there any other movies that are non-Marvel or non-DC? 007 for me, man. I'm a big oh, absolutely. Oh, and Phoebe Waller-Bridges is doing the script for that. Oh, well, and we're going to have our first black 007. Black. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I'm oh. wondering if she's going to be an agent or just like a... She's an agent. No, she's an agent. She's oh, an she agent. is an agent. Yes, okay, she, that's why she... She's had her uh, social media deactivated ever since she got uh, casted because she knew how much of the backlash there was going to be because she actually is the first agent. See, but see, those are those are the motherfuckers that don't understand because the first agent we ever saw outside of 007 was Alex Goldeneye, 006. So it's like there's been a world of double O's. But that's why it's it's significant because they're actually giving the prestigious 007. You're absolutely right. Oh, she's getting She's the seven. first 007. Yes, she's the first black 007. I thought she was just going to be like a nine or like, oh, man. Okay. And he's retired a few times, the James Bond. So yeah. it could be possible that he lost the 007 moniker and they passed it on to someone else. Which could leave the door open to her being. Who knows? We haven't seen it, so yeah, yes, I am looking forward uh, to it. I haven't researched anything because I want to be surprised. Yeah. And big shout out to Rami Malek, the guy that won the Emmy for uh, Mr. Robot, and he won the Academy Award for uh, the uh, Freddie Mercury, uh, Mercury movie. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Dave Chappelle. <laughs> <laughs> Making great Freddie Mercury jokes. But anyway, yes, you can catch the show on Keep Up NY on Twitter, Pinterest, wherever the fuck you want. We need to collaborate more, Keith, whenever you got some free time. Definitely. Anything great, man. Anything this you need, man. Fun. You are a great creator, and I and I love to work with great creators. You're a great guy. Um, yes, thank you so much for being on the show. You got anything else thank before you, we out? 
No, man. Thank you for the opportunity, man. This is fun, man. This is super fun. So thank you, man. Seriously. All right, man. I'm going to have to like, uh, I'm going to have to wear sunglasses after this. You bling the shit out of me. <laughs> you better sh- listen up. Oh, no, I fucked it up again. You better shut the fuck up, listen up, and keep up with my big boy, Keith. And still been saying, over and out, homies. Oh,